As, as a man looking to do some financial crimes myself, there's nothing cool cooler than being a felon. I'm just going to <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, mean, I will say uh, this. You get the least amount of time for financial crimes, and you get the most payoff. There you go. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I mean, that's like the Danville's area method, you know? I guess his, it was his dad who was the the financial criminal, I think. Uh, uh, for me, my, my dad was like a drug dealer, but he also did f- fraud later in life. Yeah, I, who is... I, I, I want to say Dan Bilzerian's dad. I forget what his name was. Daniel Aaron? Yeah, he was like uh, one of the old... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, like uh, corporate raiders back in the 80s. Like he basically... Um, <coughs> Yeah, kind of the Wall Street era, like that film sort of era of uh, traders. And I want to say he he went down for, I think, insider trading. Um, yeah, well, his uh, his father? Yeah, he did go down for... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Was, when was I was bad. locked up in the feds, there was a lot of people there for like white collar crimes, like insider trading and like uh, embezzlement. Like one dude moved like three hundred fifty thousand from his his company's account to to his account, and then he moved it back before they caught him, and he still went to prison for it though. Yeah, they're Which they're I, pretty strict about that. Yeah, but I was like, you know, he had a crisis of conscience, and he moved the money back before he got caught. So I'm, I don't see what the problem was. Yeah, you know, it's it's like you they, you know, you can't uh you got to you got to draw the line somewhere and they draw it uh they draw it there, you know. Well, pretty much where the line is drawn is if you're rich. Bobby, well, he had a good life. Uh, he was showing us pictures of his Malibu beach house and stuff and I was like, "Damn." Yeah, it's You know, the the temptation's always there, right? Yeah, the funny thing about white-collar criminals, though, in prison is they love sucking up to us gangsters and stuff for some reason. Like, they, they want our approval. And at the same time, they look down on us because they'd be trying to use, like, all these big words that they think we don't know. And, you know, when they get locked up, their their accounts get seized. Um all their shit gets like taken and stuff. When we get locked up, you know, our houses, our cars are under like family names. Our bank accounts are under family names. There's nothing really to seize. IRS can't really go after us. Yeah, no, I mean, it's because here's the thing about I, I've often said uh, that like gangsters are just like people, especially involved in gangs are there. If they were born in other places, they would just be involved in like daily business because the the kind of soft skills that you need to be in a gang are the same kind of soft skills that you need to be, you know, in a business, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's better because I used to have to do a lot of, um, or I used to do a lot of uh, public defense stuff and like gang members, it was so easy because you just walk in, you'd explain to them like what, what the fed had on them. And you know, you'd go over everything and, and they'd run back with, okay, fine. Like, you know, they had me on that probably. They don't have me on that. You know, they're, it's very professional, whereas the real kind of whack jobs are the ones where it's like a lone wolf guy. Because those are the guys you're never going to be able to 
to get control of because they're they're just nutty and they're not even you know gangs wouldn't have anything to do with them because they're just like kind of too unstable well i mean well you gotta remember like uh, there's a lot of people in a gang we don't all know each other so oh yeah because you know there's different generations and it's not like you can't leave a gang that's that's like hollywood bullshit People age out all the time. You come out of prison after like ten years. No one, no one, everybody understands. Like, oh, oh, you want to go take care of your kids and get a regular job and not go, not fuck up your parole. No one's like, oh, we gotta fuck you up because you're gonna leave and take care of your family. Because there's always all these, there's always younger people that are willing to take your place. Yeah. You know, because there's so much money to be made when you're selling dope. Like, there's always younger people that are willing to take your place. It's not like there's this this thing where like we no one's irreplaceable and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, like I, even I, the people I, that make it's the same thing with a business, right? Same thing with a corporation. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we we all grew up with each other, so it's like you're not just we have family that are in the gang, so it's not like you're just dealing with like these strangers that you just you know, met in high school or met in college and you, you just joined up because you guys wanted to do crime together. It's like, it's more of like you get brought up into this lifestyle with your family and your friends. So, you know, they want good things for you. Like all my homies and stuff, especially like my brother who did 10 years in in San Quentin, like he's happy for me that I'm clean and that I have this phone business and I'm not doing crime anymore because, you know, now that I have four kids, he doesn't want to see me go back, go back to L.A. and start selling dope and then go end up in prison. And then who's going to take care of my kids? Yeah, no, I mean, a, a gang, like just a gang is just a going concern the same way, you know, ultimately as a as a business or a corporation of any other kind. Right. I mean, it's, it's ultimately a, a profit making scheme, you know, and I, I think that was the um, thing that. To an extent, right? I mean, there's a little more to it, maybe, but it's not quite as as mercenary, maybe. But I mean, yeah, you know, it's not it's not ruthless like that because you yeah. you know um, it's more family oriented because like we all take care of each other. Like you know, when I when when I got locked up and I came out, there was like there was money waiting for me. There were there was like packages of dope waiting for me so I can get back on my feet and. um and that's for that's that's for anyone that's like good at selling dope. It's not for everyone that comes out because you know selling dope is a talent. Not everyone can manage money in a gang, and that's why you got people that are like muscle, and that's why you got people that are like rob, they rob people and stuff because not everyone can sell dope because you have to like you you can't spend all your money before your next package, and not everyone can not everyone from the hood is able to like avoid spending all their money before their next package that they got to re-up. But, like... Well, that's the, uh, the theory like, on... Uh, for... Oh, no, I was just saying... Like, the theory... oh. Well, oh, I was geez. just going to... Sorry for interrupting, but I was no just going to say, like, one thing, like, out here, um, all of all of my... Me and my brother's homies, they're all from Compton in, um, in Lamert Park. And they're all Park Village Crips. And, you know, they got deported. 
you know, they're also Samoan. They got deported because they weren't, they were undocumented uh, felons. And they're all getting taken care of by like a couple of the big homies, you know, that, that made money over, over in LA with selling dope and stuff. And they make sure that everyone's taken care of, even though there's not, there's, there's no gang gang stuff over here to worry about, like, you know, but they still make sure that like, you know, people can feed their families over here because it's a hard adjustment when you get deported over here to go from like $15 an hour in LA minimum wage to a dollar 25 an hour in Samoa. And, you know, majority of the deportees, they're not going to work in this economy because it's, you're talking about like 50, 60 hours a week just to make like 80 bucks. And it's, and it's, 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 and they treat you the same way that someone gets, who's getting like $15 an hour gets treated in America where they basically treat you like you're like nothing except you're getting paid even less. So most of them either rely on owning businesses out here or they get money from their family. Cause like you can live off of, you can, like I told, like I, I told Q, we got a house that's three bedroom, a pretty big house, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. It's $800 a month. So your family can send you enough money to basically live here oh, yeah. without having to work. You no, know, no, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like the, the cost of living, you know, you make less, but you do, you know, at the end of the day, living is, is quite a bit cheaper, but uh, Q, I think um, we should probably move on to maybe like the, uh, the main topic kinda, of the show. Guess, yeah, the topic yeah. of the show. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So yeah, it's like I was saying before, uh, you know, you moseyed in. Um, just a little bit tardy. Uh, yes. I was <laughs> sorry. I had to. I had to. I had to. I'm still feeling bitchy at you for that tweet the other day, but we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about the fact that it seems like you know, on social media, and this is not just a Twitter thing, because as we know, uh, Twitter discourse is forbidden from this space. Um, but the fact that like it seems that everywhere, nobody is happy with each other, and that whole dynamic where like you know, like hack comedians from the 50s all the way through the 90s used to do that tired ass bit, basically just complaining about their wives. Well, now it's become like there's diversity, equity and inclusion. There's representation in the tired, like I hate my spouse gimmick. Everybody seems to be doing that shit. So the, the question is, because as men, really, like all we can do is answer the question or at least like ask the question of ourselves. What's expected of us in relationships that we're not fulfilling? What is it that we're not living up to? Um, because if you start asking women, what is it that you want from us? You're not going to get consistent answers. Not that women don't know what they want, but all women are not going to be able to speak for all, all the women. There's only, and it's also, it's also only. It's hard about it that. that so good. Hey, Michael, but by the way, Michael, can you actually hear me? So where, what were you guys talking about just now? Michael can't hear shit. He cannot hear me. I guarantee you, you can't hear me. Yeah, I, I can't. Because I can hear you fine. Um, yeah, you're like the bridge between us. Can you can you tell my boy? Can you tell my boy Mike to like? But I would say like pop back into the room. Gang members, for the most part, we're very business oriented because you know we had to basically start <laughs> making hustling and making money at a very early, young age. So <laughs> we went through all that trial Rory, and error on our own, and then we also got Michael. Michael, 
Why? Like, can you can you hear Q? Um, I can't. I can't hear Q actually. <laughs> oh God! Hey, that, yo, see, that's I, I don't know Rory, Rory, let me tell you something. I texted this nigga. I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, man, are you sure you can hear?" Like I hear, me? I hear, I hear Bork speaking. <laughs> Rory, yeah, no, okay, Rory, Rory, let him know to like on. hang up the call, close the app, and then come back in. Wait, me? Why? Yeah, you, you, because he can't hear me. No, I hear, I hear Q now. Oh, you can hear me now. Are you, no, you, you, you're hearing Rory, and you think it's me. Rory, can you tell him to hang up the app, close the Michael, app? Michael, yeah, hang up, close the app, uh, hang up, and, and come then back in. re-enter. Okay. <laughs> you see, yeah, because yeah, I was yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like, all right, yeah. I guess we're going back to, uh, yeah, we're going back to that original yeah, no, topic. We're playing, uh, bro- yeah, we're playing the game of broken telephone, and you, you right. wasp yourself, were too nice to tell him, but it's all good. I'm taking control. Well, no, I, I just wasn't aware. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I Okay. Well, you thought okay. he was just, so ignoring, I, I you he was just, just ignoring me? Wasp. You, get the so hell you, out of Oh, yeah. You're, you're calling my friend rude is what you're trying to say. No. I, oh, well, first off, let's let's talk about that wasp comment there for a second. <laughs> yeah. That's like me being like you and your Nigerian self. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's kind of worse because when did the Nigerians ever oppress Jamaicans? Um, no, I'm just except, real, except I'm what they're cooking. Except very what they're real with you. Nigerians yeah, yeah. are the, the wasps of Africa. I mean, <laughs> yes, they are. Every time, like, we, there's something like bizarre or like a satanic post comes out. It's, there's like a Nigerian, <laughs> like that. What was it? Yeah. Um, the the like AI generated uh, fashion thing? Okay, where it was like, oh, we have. Oh like, yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. it was, like, all AI-generated because their eyes looked like one of those, like, like they had those, like, horrible eyes uh, and their hands yeah. were all messed up. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if the person that's posting this is Nigerian. And I, like, looked into her YouTube page and I'm like, yeah. Were they Nigerian? Of course. They were. Of course. Yeah. 100%. No, no. <laughs> Everything haram comes from Nigeria. That is absolutely true. Yeah. So that's uh, a... Michael, yeah, first, uh, like, are you both of us now or... Yeah, I hear I hear both of you now. I I, I went on the so, Michael, the regular Michael, Apple. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna ask you the question myself, on. Michael. I'm gonna ask you a question myself. Can you hear me right now? Yep. Thank you, this nigga. I swear to God, bro. I hear both I, of you loud and clear right I now. I was te- I was texting your ass. I was like, hey man, make sure you can hear the both of us. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. Yeah, I can hear the both of you. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Anyway. Dude, We're on the same page, so it's all, it, it's all you good. are in a fighting mood tonight. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty punchy, actually. No, you know what it was. You know what it was. No, you know. What? I'll tell you exactly what it was. I ordered. I bro, I ordered like I ordered DoorDash. I ordered food, and when I ordered DoorDash, I always tip really good, right? I always tip a minimum of twenty percent, and plus it's inclement weather, so I up the tip to fifty percent. Okay. I, tell me why it didn't confirm the order, and then it arbitrarily canceled at like eight fifty eight. So, yeah, what did you order? Oh, I ordered like uh, some burritos and quesadillas and shit. Anyway, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Nothing, so I, no, I, nothing worse than you're hosting yeah. a show and you're hungry and angry. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So uh, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, Michael, we were as we were talking about before, we were talking about like what it is that is expected from men in relationships. Like, what is it that yeah. we're supposed to provide? One, so once yeah, we got to provide. We got to shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. Okay. We're not we're not allowed to bring our stress home. 
like all, all of our stress is mostly related to, to finances because we're the ones providing and yet we're not allowed to bring that home. No, but like you don't, my, you don't my wife can, my wife can trip on me about what happened with the kids and all day or like what happened with the refrigerator all day. She can bring that and keep that inside the house, but I'm not allowed to be like, Hey, this slow day today. I'm worried about next week's money and shit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So if we wanted to make this one a uh, listener led show. So, I mean, feel free, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in the room and you want to hop up and just like, tell us, like literally tell us because we want to know, like, what is it that men are responsible for on the relationship? I will say well, that. Uh, yeah, one thing I do want to add, um, cause there was an article, I don't know Q, if you want to kind of base it around, cause you know, I thought there was yeah, yeah, uh, a interesting article that came out on slate and it was sort of, and I'm, I'm going to send it to the chat now. <laughs> uh, and it sort of covered this. One of the things I think that's really making making this a much tougher question to deal with is that so much of our of the framing of relationship dynamics now are sort of based around these kind of exposés that are becoming more and more popular, both on like Twitter, social media generally, but now in in published journal or not journals, but in in newspapers and and online publications, which is just this completely one sided. Uh, like totally biased recollections of, I'm going to be honest, mostly women in relationships. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you can read that now. And, and it's the, the topic of the article is, you know, enough with the sad put upon woman essay. The confessional but, essay, which is like my least favorite kind of essay. Here's the thing. The confessional essay started, like a lot of people attribute the confessional essay to the Me Too era. It was actually around a lot, a ways before that. It actually started, I would say back around like 2014 and it got popular around 2015. And I think it got really popular after uh, the Canadian radio show host, Gian Gomeshi was uh, accused of uh, sexual assault uh, and a variety of other abuses. Uh, and, uh, after like, uh, you know, there was like a litany of stories that came out about the guy. Um, and very shortly afterwards, there was, uh, things like the shitty media men list. There was basically just like a, a flood of people talking about their horrible experiences in the workplace with like guys that they work with who were, you know, often quite inappropriate, um, and had even gone to the level of, you know, committing sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, and like, obviously there was a necessity for that. Like there's a necessity to call that stuff out in the workplace because not only is it like not appropriate, it's also not legal. Um, and what, he, what people ended up doing was submitting first, it started with, I would say like, uh, places like Jezebel, uh, bitch.com, et cetera. And then it began to sort of like filter out into like Buzzfeed and slate. And then you saw it in like prestige publications. Like I remember seeing these uh, confessional essay articles in like Toronto life and the walrus in the United States, I would see confessional essay articles, um, in, uh, in, um, the New Yorker, uh, I would see the confessional essays in Atlantic magazine, et cetera. And what it was, was people basically just like tearing their whole hearts open and talking about like these traumatic experiences that they'd been through. But then after a while, the, the well begins to run dry. And then you begin to get stories where it's like, okay, so what, illegal acts happened here. And then it became what abuse happened here. And then it became, okay, so I'm not even really clear what it is that you're mad about. And that brings us to this guardian article that was referred to in this late uh, essay that you just uh, referenced there, Rory. 
And it was an article written by Isabel Kaplan uh, with the headline, My Boyfriend, a Writer, Broke Up With Me Because I'm a Writer. And she talked about the fact that, uh, you know, she was writing a book and, um, you know, her, her, her boyfriend was not quite supportive of her writing career. And she even says, well, he didn't suggest that I give up writing. He purported to support my ambitions and try to come up with justifications for keeping a private journal. And the reason he was doing that was because she was writing him into her story and he didn't like it. And uh, from her point of view, this guy was being an asshole. Now, she didn't accuse him of being abusive, but she did say that he was just like he said he was supportive, but he was not quite supportive. And really what it came down to was that he had an intense discomfort about basically being written into her story. And so the, uh, the Slate writer, who I thought did an excellent job of calling this stuff out. Uh, so the writer's name is Rachel Connolly. And she basically said that uh, there's just nothing happening here that I'm supposed to care about. She says there's a tendency to talk about these essays in shadowy and suggestive terms that imply that criticism of this form of writing is like siding with an abuser. So it's useful to be explicit about certain points here. At no point in her essay does Kaplan allege that her relationship was an abusive one. She also does not describe actions that suggest physical or emotional abuse. These essays tend not to. The boyfriend in question is simply made to sound a bit crap or sometimes unintentionally the real injured party. And in fact, the the article um, that she references, like that, that she links to, was an article written by Phoebe McDowell, also in The Guardian. Like, The Guardian, by the way, is batting a thousand for these confessional essays where you just roll your eyes and you're like, what the fuck? You're actually the asshole here. Like, oh, absolutely. The Guardian, and, and the Guardian I, I, is like yeah, the home of, the, like, they are the original yeah. Am I the Asshole? And uh, the article yeah. there was, I, hold, hold Sorry, on, hold on, Corey. I thought my oh, boyfriend yeah. of 10 years was going to propose to me. Then he told me he was trans. So this lady, Phoebe McDowell, wrote this long-ass essay about how when her boyfriend, I mean, her, her, what she thought was her boyfriend, her girlfriend, comes out to her as trans that she is the real injured and aggrieved party. So back to uh, back to Connolly. Um, this does not make it impossible that a pattern of abuse existed, but it does mean we shouldn't assume it likely did, both out of respect for the narrative presented by the woman and to avoid groundlessly smearing her former partner, but also because mischaracterizing carelessness or nastiness as abuse minimizes the seriousness of actual abuse. Still, this essay was met the way they always are, as an uncomplicated parable of victim and villain, and a brave and necessary story to tell. The privacy violation inherent to telling it entirely ignored, though in Kaplan's, that privacy violation is rather kindly deployed as part of the plot. The supportive reactions to these narratives are so outsized compared with the quality of the underlying work, either in thesis or execution, that I'm starting to wonder if these stories really are so brave, when we all know how they'll be received as a fist pump moment we we're as women expected to support unquestioningly so yeah it's just like yeah go ahead, I, I would go say because i would say like it's also it's not just in in articles right it's coming like you'll see these like twitter threads where it's just like let me tell you and i call them flat like it's what they i call them flashlight uh like stories because basically what you do is you take like what is you know just not a very good relationship but you kind of put the flashlight under your chin and start talking like, and so then <laughs> he had done the dishes. And that was my job. No, no, Roy, 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 And, and no, you're just Roy, like, Roy, hold up, Roy, it's not, it's, when I came home, he had eaten the peach. 
He had put it he into his smoothie. The peach. Yeah, he, <laughs> I had been saving that peach. And he didn't even think to ask me. Or like, I we got into a fight and he started to yell. And, and I just, I felt, I felt so under. <laughs> and you're just like, this is just an argument that you're having. And, and the problem is that so like we do the thing is there's this idea that men don't listen to women and and we do right and the the problem is that it's like okay so i shouldn't get into arguments with you i shouldn't is it like abusive to to raise my voice to you because you raise your voice to me it, it, it's nobody has a clue what's going on nobody has a clue of how to react it's purely just like reactive to just one person's you know one-sided story Right. And, and it's I, I would say that my only real criticism of the Slate article is that it sort of it sort of belies that it's not just it kind of places the the onus on why uh, why this kind of store or why these sorts of posts or articles are written is, is purely because, you know, there's this sort of bias against women. There's this cultural demand to have women, you know, be these, you know, sh like with like wilting victims in the face of of male aggression. And, and it's like, no, a lot of it, I would actually say is that there is an actual kind of benefit, right. To having, uh, to having yourself be kind of portrayed this way online. Right. And to have yourself, because there is no, nobody is ever going to dispute what you're saying. If you put it into, in these terms, right. If you put it in terms of like, Oh, you know, the, the sort of, how would I say? There, there is a benefit and a, and a social cachet in in describing yourself as as this sort of you know purely put upon person because nobody is ever going to contradict you and say no you are the asshole it's like I it's like am I it, like you could say am I the asshole but it's like I'm not the asshole right I am not at all and and if you do say I'm the asshole then you're actually siding with an abuser but. They're not an abuser, right? I'll never really come out and directly say that, but I'll just very, very strongly imply it with my terms. And, and I think that that's, it really is coloring the way people understand their relationships. Yeah. Well, the, the way that you do that very easily is you either say or heavily imply narcissism, right? Because for some reason, like I, I, I actually saw somebody say this earlier today. They're like, it's really fucking weird how like people, like there's things like there's physical abuse, there's emotional abuse, there's sexual abuse, but somehow the word narcissistic abuse has crept its way into the vocabulary. It's like, if somebody has cancer, I don't call it cancer abuse. You know, if somebody has like IBS, I don't call it irritable bowel <laughs> syndrome abuse. But if somebody is diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, which is a psychological disorder, it makes them neurodivergent. Somehow we say like that abuse is like, it is up there with physical, emotional, sexual abuse narcissistic abuse is also a very bad form of abuse but it's like no it's actually when you think about it really fucking ableist so like people will say that outright i, I would argue that most of the time it's not even it's not even like i don't think any of these people are actually narcissists that well, was yeah i was just getting like, I, so like they'll either say outright that they're hold, hold up let me finish they'll say outright that their partner is a narcissist but the person in all likelihood has not been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. They're just calling them a narcissist um, or they heavily imply narcissistic traits. Like 
he is not considerate. He's not thinking about me. He's not doing this, that, and the third, things that I expected him to do, which, by the way, I probably didn't even vocalize that he's supposed to do. And so that ends up becoming sort of like the side avenue for what I often call category creep or definition creep, where even though the thing that you're describing does not fall under that category, it gets slotted into that category anyway because of the way you describe it. And and so I I think that the way, you know, to kind of look at this, and and, and this is why, you know, we're having these bases, is it's like we need, I, I really do think that there is, a lot of misunder because a lot of times these dynamics are really only explored in the framing of I would say a very one-sided um, one-sided expose of a relationship and and I would argue there is a very much a gendered element to this I don't see a whole lot of guys ragging on their girlfriends in this way you know I, I don't see a whole lot of people going insane well about... let's be clear here when guys get online and start ragging on their girlfriends what is the usual reaction and it's a reaction that like i even i have that reaction too dog shut the fuck up like <laughs> nobody trying to hear that yeah like, nobody is. Your girlfriend go sort it out with your girlfriend why are you telling me about it what am i, what am I supposed to do and, and it's 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 really funny when you when you actually think about exactly. it because uh, there's so much of this. You'll, you'll. Hey yo, hey yo. Sorry, Roy. I gotta tell you something really funny that just happened, right? So my Apple Watch is on, and it actually heard me say, "Uh, when I cut, like, you know, the problem with your girlfriend. What am I supposed to do?" Siri actually went and tried to look that up. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> What's the answer? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, I didn't let it. I didn't let it answer. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Roy. No, but <laughs> I, I would say that. Um... God, sorry, I just lost my train of thought here. But I would say very, like, quite often you'll read this stuff. And 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 some, especially when it comes to these sort of long Twitter threads, you know, outlying all the things in their relationship. And you're like, bro, why are you staying in this relationship? And it's like, oh, you're you're questioning why a woman would stay in a bad relationship. I'm like, yes, of course I yeah. am. No, like, yeah. you're not. You're not financially dependent on this guy. In a lot of cases, you don't even live with him. Like you could yeah. just break up with him, but you choose not to. Um, and and well, I think one, you know, yeah. The the, the, the I'll let you finish. Go ahead. The, I would say the great the greatest example of this, and this is actually the the controversial example. I would say is you guys remember Gus Johnson, the YouTuber? Uh, yeah, yeah. But okay, for this, the nah. audience, that, hold up. Anybody in the audience? Well, I'm not. I don't really watch YouTube, so. I will, yeah, I will yeah, explain, explain that one. So basically this guy, Gus Johnson, he was a big, uh, big comedian. Uh, and he was kind of on the up and up. He had, you know, millions of YouTube followers. You can look him up and he's, he was quite popular. Uh, he's, he's kind of since this taken a bit of a plunge, but his ex-girlfriend uh, of m- many years uh, basically came out with this video and then followed it up with this sort of long Twitter thread in which she sort of accused him she claimed it was abuse. I would argue very much it was just they were stuck in a relationship that they shouldn't have been. They they were at a stage where their interests were differing and they stayed in a relationship. Essentially, what she claimed was that because uh, she had to. So to sum up what had her her main claim was that they had a I, I think she had actually you no. Know, OK, so she had gotten pregnant. Right. She had. You know, she took a pregnancy test. I think she had missed her period. She took the pregnancy test, found out she was pregnant. 
she went to him and he basically said, I really don't feel like I'm ready to have a kid. Uh, and it would be terrible for my career if I was to have a kid. Now, that's what she claimed. And, and I would argue that's probably true. I would argue that's exactly what happened. But I think she's leaving out the fact, and, and this is something very key that does get left out of the story, is that it's very, she's very coy about what her feelings on it were, right? She basically comes out and says, you know, I felt like he had taken away my decision, right? I, he had taken away my agency by not wanting to have a kid, even though at no stage does it, is it say that, right? Essentially, after that, she, it turns out that she had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and unfortunately, she had to undergo pretty severe surgery. And as a result of that, she had lost, uh, I, I think, a number of her eggs uh, involved in, well, like, to remove the ectopic pregnancy. And essentially, he had not been there for the surgery. He was not especially supportive of it. And then... In the year following, their relationship had kind of fallen apart, despite going to uh, relationship counseling, and then they eventually broke up, right? That's the, the whole sort of long and short of it. But the way that she described it was, if, was as if, like, he had kind of been the cause of all of this. Again, she hadn't stated that explicitly. She sort of implied it. And you can look up exactly what she said, but the entire time I was reading this, I'm like, well... It sounds to me as if you sort of overrode his agency on this, right? Like, clearly the guy does not want to have a kid. And it sort of seemed to me as if there was a point of disagreement there, right? As if he had expressed a desire not to have a kid. And I think that maybe she was interested in having a kid. And I would argue, you know, at that point, right, the fact that he was still in a relationship with her is his biggest problem. Right. If you know, just to put this into clear terms as a guy, if you are a guy and your girlfriend doesn't listen to you on something as important as are you having like, should we have a child? Yeah. Should we, should we have a child? Yeah, that's 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 over. it. It's game over. Like, because that is such yeah. a, a complete disregard of, of you as a person. And again, this is you know, this is nothing to do with like whether it's within her right to do to have a child, because, of course, it is within her right. But I would argue it's also within his right to leave the relationship if that's the case, right? That is something that is so, it is so fundamental to, you know, you as a person, right? To be able to choose whether or not you want to have a kid. And, and the fact that your partner is so willing to just sort of essentially write you off is a big problem. And, and the way it was handled on Twitter was, was so bizarre, right? So bizarre. It, they basically, everybody... You know, to this day, there are articles being written describing him as an abuser, even though at the end of the day, what was his abuse? That he was mad uh, and unsupportive after the fact that he didn't. It seems like there was a real disagreement on whether or not he wanted this kid. I would say fundamental to the relationship, which I think going forward probably would unfortunately color every reaction you had and every interaction you would have going forward. So again, it's, it's one of these things where like, yes, I would argue that maybe he was not supportive and yes, he probably should have been present, you know, for things like the surgery, but I would argue that's just him not being a good boyfriend or him maybe being an asshole. It's not him being 
an abuser, right? Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it's it's just this very it's all very sort of one sided in that regard, where it's you know it's one of these things where it's like this is something that you should have handled with him in private, right? This is right. something that you should have talked to him 100%. about and expressed your misgivings about this relationship to him instead of dragooning hundreds or you know potentially millions of people on the internet well here's here's the here's the fundamental question that i think often gets missed whenever these things come up what is what the fuck do you expect me to do about any of that like why am i being told this yeah yeah why am i being told this because what am i supposed to are you saying that i shouldn't go watch his comedy shows or i shouldn't like go watch his youtube channel like what what is it that what action is required from me that you're telling me this you know what i mean yeah, it's one of these things, and, and they'll always say, and this is the term that gets thrown around a lot, is accountability. We're not doing it. Is, no, no, no. no. This is where I, I say, this is where I Rika, get very... Rika was holding her peace until you said yeah, that. Yeah, here's where I get uh-huh. very, very, like, genuinely extremely uncomfortable, is when people describe what is basically essentially punishment as accountability. Because that is what people are looking for, right? I yes. mean, I saw... Yes, this they want to they punish their enemies or their perceived enemies or somebody personal in their life. They want to exact vengeance. Yeah. That's all accountability means when people throw it around all the time. That's all they mean. All they love, to say, they love yeah. to say they'd accept an apology, but the reality is especially with certain corners of the internet, we know even if they received an apology, they would still, They're still be wretched. They're hey, still going to complain. I mean, here's the, the thing. Wildest, like, if... Hold on, hold, Michael, hold up. You know what the wildest part is, too? Is when they always say, I don't want you to attack him. I don't exactly. want people to punish him. I uh-huh. just want accountability. It's like so the, so like, yeah, I don't really want to tell. I don't want to. It's like, look. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Then why are you telling us? Why? There's a reason. There's a reason I never me too'd. I never have discussed any of those kinds of stories publicly is because why? What's the point? I don't want to punish you. One of them's dead, so it's irrelevant. But it's like another one. It's like, why? Like, I haven't talked to dude in like 15 years. Who cares? Like at a certain point, there's there's an expiration date. And like you gotta like learn how to carry it and get on with your life. Gus Johnson, it's like you were with him for a year after all of this happened. You stayed with him and went to like relationship counseling. You had myriad opportunities to share this experience and share your misgivings with him. And yet here we are a year later, and you're just like airing your laundry on the internet. And it's like this is not healthy, right? There's there is no way, like, there is no psychologist, there is no psychiatrist, there is no, there is no mental health professional that will, that will tell you, that's a legitimate mental health professional that will tell you that getting messy on Twitter or getting messy on YouTube is part of the healing process. Because it's not, right? This is you... You know, sh- like sharing your 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 experiences is one thing, but like absolutely, you know, like you know, directing this at another person is absolutely not healthy. And I, and I think that the Gus Johnson example for me is is the worst example of this because it's somebody where 
you know, I, I genuinely do believe that that she went through an incredibly traumatic experience, right? Like, yeah, she at like, you know, having like a that severe of an ectopic pregnancy is really horrifying. Right. And, and it absolutely does weigh on her and probably something that she probably should have talked about, but the actual ectopic pregnancy itself, it, it's almost like laid at his feet, right? For example, she goes like, I felt as if I didn't have a choice in, in like, the ability to, or in my decision to have a child. And it's like, well, the reality is that unfortunately you really didn't, right? Because even if Gus Johnson was completely supportive of her 100%, they were going to have a kid, you were not going to have a kid just because the fact, I mean, at least in that example, because you like, it was an ectopic pregnancy, right? It was not, it was not viable from the get go. Um, and, and yet it's sort of framed as if this is all his doing and, and everything in the discussion is, it, it seems always tied up around him. And it's like, no, you're not, you're not doing this to, to work through your own trauma of, of losing, you know, of making, of having this very invasive and very life-changing surgery. You are using this as a, as a sort of springboard to, essentially excoriate your ex-boyfriend. And, and I think that that's, for me, it, it's a real, it really does lead to problems with how we discuss a relationship. Because at the end of the day, like, how are we supposed to, as men, and, and really as women as well, understand relationships when it's being filtered through such an accusatory lens, right? We're just normal men. Yeah, we're uh, normal, like, it's, it's, yeah. We're just innocent men. Uh, I, I wanted I mean, to because I'm, I'm hold up. Amrita's been waiting for a little while. I yeah. To make sure that uh, that that she's able to get her uh, her two cents in here. Amrita, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, this is my first time calling, so I just wanted to like sort of weigh in because this is like uh, you know I'm a, a postdoctoral researcher and this is like literally what I study in terms okay. of masculinity studies. So um, I don't I I don't think I have too much to say beyond what is already being discussed apart from I just want to like talk oh about... my god uh, you, so wait 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 wait. you're a postdoc researcher okay yeah and yeah, you're yeah. validating everything that my dumbass just came up with oh, that, yeah, is, absolutely. that is amazing I mean okay. um, yeah I mean I, I, I do like I, I mean I, I, I do study from a Marxist point of view so I understand that the goal is towards increased collectivization i think that that is what the discourse should always be geared towards and this is what's honestly bothering me about when uh you know places like the guardian uh, i mean i'm not very bothered about twitter because in the sense of course i i mean uh, i i try to not pay too much attention to what's happening on twitter but then of course this particular essay uh especially when which came out in the guardian was extremely problematic and uh, very, very unethical uh, at just to put it mildly. Um, so what bothers me about this, uh, especially in terms of, you know, so-called liberal outlets like Guardian publishing this is to not just have, you know, any kind of state. I mean, it just kind of uh, exposes the ridiculousness of not only the flimsy premise of what uh, you know, liberal, uh, neoliberal feminism even like looks like. So one of the things that really bothers me about this, especially because I come from India and I'm only in uh, America for the last couple of years is that, oh, um, 
is that even for uh, you know indian uh, feminism right now so much of it is getting influenced by all that we see here all that we are already talking about right now is that there is less focus on you know again collectivization more focus on individual storytelling which is basically entirely uh, sort of driven by purely you know personal sometimes personal gains personal vendettas and not that i'm saying that there is absolutely no truth to any of these stories but uh, especially in the guardian story because um there was no indication of any disbalance of power really i mean apart from the fact that one i mean it's a heterosexual relationship so even if i go by by very very typical way of doing an analysis like that where we think about power uh, at least in terms of that particular story there was no you know there was uh, at least to my uh, very very neutral gaze i couldn't understand really where the power dynamic really was placed so to suddenly suggest that uh, you know she couldn't quit this relationship or whatever it was uh, this toxic relationship it's more on this particular woman for not being able to quit that relationship rather than sort of putting it out as a way that uh, you know man is kind of responsible for her uh, indecision so these are the things that is honestly bothering me and the one of the things that i want to like really uh, point out here i'm sorry if i'm ranting too much is this uh, that no 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 you're like you feel the study i'm not gonna... like, yeah, yeah. i love it yeah. keep going keep going <laughs> yeah i i i think what it, what what american neoliberal feminism has done is to kind of really situate a paranoid imperative as you know any kind of reading is automatically sort of you know framed around a paranoid reading and one of the things it does is to sort of use a carceral mode as its only way of you know this call call out cancel culture or whatever is just a different form of carceral politics and uh, as feminists uh, who really believe in a cause or whatever cause that we believe in which is you know it's pretty uh, at this point everything is uh, i, I y- y- all of you understand uh, it, it's just kind of not helping global south feminisms at all because we are kind of aping the west uh, which is all about you know individual individual storytelling uh, and there is no focus on collectivization it's always about canceling this person that person um and also kind of using paranoia as its only way to you know structure the discourse um and i'm forgetting my the the last point that i wanted to make was that you know this famous feminist uh, kind of uh, slogan the personal is political but i feel that uh you know feminism has not been able to work out the internal contradictions between the personal and the political uh they have not been able to really sort of um point to the discrepancies because it's not a very unidimensional sort of a uh, you know mapping uh, so th- these are some of the things that is just like going on and i was extremely bothered by the guardian piece and the slate article was really a kind of a powerful i would say uh, deconstruction of what this uh, present moment is looking like and even in literary you know even in literature it's the autobiographical novel it is always about trauma it's always about you know trauma truth telling which is always uh, kind of 
biased around projecting someone as the abuser and someone as the victim. Now, victimhood has always been a very, very dicey sort of a territory. It has never the beginning of any kind of philosophical critical thought. So these are just some of the things that I study and I just wanted to like uh, chime in here and say that you guys are doing such a great job in deconstructing all of these things. Oh, thank you very much. If I can just ask, like, what is your, uh, what's your area of study? What's your, uh, your AOE? Oh, yeah. So I do, uh, uh, by mass community studies, I'm looking at, uh, you know, uh, in terms of India, I'm specifically kind of charting uh, from 1947 when India gained independence, how the idea of the virile man was mapped onto the idea of the nation. So, um, oh. and then I'm thinking about in the 1970s, which was, uh, so India did have a socialist no. sort of a framing. And then what happened in terms of the so-called demise of socialism, uh, which was also sort of mapped onto the figure of this stoic Gandhian family man. Yeah, so I'm yeah. kind of also deconstructing that idea of stoicism. And then in the final uh, phase of my study, I'm looking at uh, neoliberal entrepreneurship, how it's again, you know, this is the point where the West becomes so important, the idea of entrepreneurial um, uh, masculinity, which is all about the brash machismo of the risk-taking entrepreneur, how that is sort of transposed. Uh, and then what are the fragilities of all of these constructions? And then I'm uh, I'm also trying to think about, you know, the discourse surrounding toxic masculinity, how it's very problematic and it's, you know, like it, it kind of does not... Um, it does not sort of, especially when I think about India, the idea of toxic masculinity is, has to be rooted in a, you know, historical materialist sort of an understanding. And there are way more important players in that discourse than just individuals. So I'm just thinking about these things at the moment. I'm sorry. No, 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 no apologize. No, uh, one thing I do want to say, because uh, you brought up, you know, with like you couldn't really understand the power dynamics of of the the sort of guard of the the woman in the Guardian article, and I think I, I've told this to Q before. But my opinion on power dynamics is that there's really only one power dynamic that exists, and you pointed it out. It is a gender dynamic. That's it. And and, and any other power dynamics that are discussed, and I, that's not to say in reality, but it, when in these sorts of conversations. Every power dynamic that exists really only exists to reinforce or underline a gender dynamic, right? You know, when it comes down to, for example, you know, who has, you know, more financial power, right? Usually that will be, that only gets brought up if the guy has significantly more financial power than the woman. If it's like, oh, social power, right? You know, I remember there was a, some YouTuber, like Minecraft guy, I vaguely remember this, got kind of got mad at his girl or like they had, they broke up and basically there was a, a like kind of a tiffle online between her and him. Cause I guess he had, after they had broken up, he had left the apartment um, and she had taken her cat and she wanted it back, which agreed, like he probably shouldn't have taken her cat, but you know, everybody was pointing out like how he's, you know, sicking his, or his 10 or 25,000 fans on her and how this is like so terrible. And he has like all these, you know, this power over her. But I noticed that nobody mentioned the fact that he is 22 and she was 33. Uh, and the fact that, you know, when 
when it's, you know, for example, like uh, we saw uh, Amaranth, I think was a much bigger example where when well, for, she came sorry, out. For anybody, and, and for anybody who's not familiar, Amaranth is a uh, Twitch streamer, a very, like one of the most popular women Twitch streamers. Um, the the who, most, I would argue, and probably the most. Yeah, probably the most like well, yeah, probably the most well-known, very, very like financially successful Twitch streamer. And um, uh, she, she ended up having a conversation with her husband uh, yeah. what, like during a stream, and he was pretty—he was freaking out on her pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would so, say yeah. it, like definitely veered into, I would say, actual like verbal. Abuse. Yeah, it was—it was like just straight up verbal abuse. It was very like abusive language. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, and it's it's totally fine. Or yeah, I mean, there's a certain extent of like I'm not going to say like oh she was wrong to share that, but it's it's interesting that you know even though she has much larger a much larger fan base that was absolutely like keyed up to take this guy down. Nobody was saying like, Oh, we need to discuss the, the gen, the dynamics, dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, like, I mean, this is when I, when we say that she was a successful Twitch streamer, I mean that she brought in, I believe around a hundred million dollars between Twitch only fans. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, she's making more than most, if not all fortune 500 CEOs. Right. But again, nobody talks. About, yeah, nobody talks about or in the ballpark of a hundred million, right? Nobody is really talking about how she and and it's all based on her, right? Nobody even knew this guy really existed up until this point, right? Nobody knew that she was even married up until this point. She had this massive platform, a huge amount of money, and yet nobody was saying like, "Oh, we need to discuss the power dynamics within their relationship." Um. No, that, uh, sorry, Johnny GL, that includes uh, the cut that uh, both he received from OnlyFans, or that, that was, I think that was the revenues, she said, or how much yeah, she... Yeah, the, the net revenue, yeah. The net revenue. Or, uh, uh, sorry, gross revenue, let's just say gross revenue. Gross, gross revenue, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe, but at the very least, you know, like, look, even if she was taking 60 million, right, that's still a massive amount that's of money. That's a massive and, amount of money, yeah. More than... Uh, any CEO uh, that isn't, you know, equity, uh, equity in. So the, the point I'm trying to say here is that in that situation, right, if this was, I think if the genders were reversed, we would be talking about the power dynamics of that relationship. Whereas I think because the only dynamic that really matters is gendered, it's like all of that kind of gets pushed away. It doesn't matter, right? All that matters is the, the fact that she was kind of the woman and he was the guy. Right. And, and therefore, you know, there was a, this physical dynamic. And, and that's not to say, like, he wasn't abusive, because I think he was. Uh, the point is that it, it, it's like the power dynamics and the way we understand them in these online discussions is so tied up around gender. Right. It, it's, it's so gendered and, and it it really only exists to reinforce that. Right. You know, everybody's freaking out about a, a male Twitch streamer with 25,000 uh, Twitch followers, you know, blowing out his, not even blowing out, but like arguing with his girlfriend with significantly fewer. Whereas with Amaranth, who has like, you know, tens of millions of followers, it, it just doesn't need to. Sorry, when you said, you said a male Twitch streamer blowing out, I thought that. I thought that statement was going in a way different direction. Wait, did he just spend it for blowing her back out live? Or what? No, I thought. No, it's. I mean, violation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, I mean, she is, again, like one of the wealthiest people in the world. And, and the financial side of it, right, didn't come up at all, right? But yeah. all that really came down to was he was kind of, he was really aggressive and was yelling at her, which is something that obviously should be considered. But, you know, we spend so much time underlying age dynamics, you know, yeah. as well. Other things. Uh, yeah, I know. Age gaps. But it's, it's, yeah, like, but again, like, when it's there's a significant age gap and it's like a woman to a man, it just doesn't even get factored in, right? People just totally yeah, like nobody nobody talks about Emmanuel Macron's wife. Like, it's just it's just not discussed. No, or or that uh, Twitch streamer guy. It's such an in, that was such an interesting. Or like, uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Aaron Taylor Johnson, the actor who played? Uh, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Quicksilver in the Avengers, and he played the title character in Kickass. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he wife, married that. He married his his mirror. He married his director from a previous film, and she's like thirty years older than he is, right? And it's just like, well, you know, like, hey, good, good for you. I'm glad you're all happy together. Yeah, but nobody talks about the obvious age gap. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it, age gaps only exist to underline a pre-existing gender dynamic, and and that I think yeah. is the ultimate way to look at all power dynamics. Because the problem is that when we look at you know, I, I don't know if Q, you want we want to bring in my uh, my ex machina comment. We'll maybe save that. For uh -huh. Yeah, we're gonna save that one. I just want to say, uh, Amrita, thank you so much. I, I, yes, I really appreciate hearing that. that. And it's good to know, like it's it's good to know that we're on the right track. So I really also, appreciate can I, that. Can I ask with one question: uh, What part of India are you from? Oh, I, I'm from Calcutta. Uh, it, it's like most of the people here in US are, uh, you know, definitely coming from okay, a certain so kind of class caste background. So I'm also like aware of the amount of privilege that uh, we bring to oh, it. No, it's, I, I just, I have uh, my dad lives in Bangalore, so. Oh, okay. It's a culture a lot, so I, I know. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely Thanks, love sure. tuning in the show and, and I do follow the uh, Twitter discourse uh, that you kind of actually my friend Karthik uh, told me about you so I uh, oh no. you're, you're Karthik's friends okay so I've been following you after that so yeah oh yeah uh, Karthik, he's, he, yeah he's he's a really awesome dude I actually he he messaged me a couple days ago and I I need to get back to him I've just been super busy with things but uh, yeah if you end up talking to him first tell him I said what's up and. I promise I will respond to him. It's just getting, you know, late in the year, the, the holiday season and all that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And and all Johnny right. G, I know you dropped out of the, the caller uh, queue, but if you want yeah, to hop I back. Say, I was actually, I was, yeah, I was actually wanted to hear what Johnny uh, had to say. So Johnny, feel free to hop back into the uh, into the caller queue. And also just like, you know, in, in the wake of all, all it is that we've been saying, like, we just kind of want to know, like, okay, so what is it that we're supposed to do here? Like, what? What is the actual expectation? Because I, I think nobody really knows what it is that they want. And the, the, the dynamic that I absolutely hate, not just in relationships, but like sort of where it comes to like social commentary in general, I really hate it when everybody can very easily describe what it is that they don't want and want to highlight that. But usually they can't talk about, well, what it is that I want, need or expect. And I think because people are just so afraid to really tell the truth about what it is that they want, need, or expect. Uh, 100. Some, sometimes it's that they think they're going to think that it's unreasonable, and it oftentimes it, it probably is. But also because, like, in order for you, when you say, well, this is what it is that I want out of a relationship, and you just 
you describe it not in vague terms, but in very concrete and material terms, i.e. not just I need to feel loved, like a feeling is something that you kind of make up, like that's a story you make up. More like I need, for example, like touch, I need affection, or you say I need financial security, or you say I need to know that somebody has their shit together. I need to know that they have a plan. Like, and, But when they say these things, then you now become the person with agency. You're the cause. You're not the you're not at the effect of somebody else's agency. You know what I mean? And I, and I think the, the tough part for me is that we talk so much about agency, but we talk about agency in such a way that it's always discussed in how people lack it and not how it is that people yeah. can... Uh, like get what it is that they want and it's up to somebody else to decide whether they're compatible with that. You know what I mean? Or am I just like, no, no, I agree. And it's, it's bizarre, especially, I mean, one of the weirder discourses I, or one of the weirder things I always see is it's like this idea that, that women are, are completely powerless. Mm. But in bizarre ways, in in such a way that it becomes almost impossible to navigate as a man, like a a relationship or like even like a hookup, right? It's like if I invite her back to my apartment, because so many times you'll hear like, oh, you know, he invited me. He he brought me back to his apartment. And, you know, I was like it was because it was in his space and I was isolated from other people. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) then why did you agree to go? Why did you agree to Go. Yeah. I mean, the worst. I mean, I, I hate you, to talk that to you. Is, that is, that's an agency moment. You had a choice. You could have said, no, I don't feel like you could have said no. at your place. Yeah. We can. Could we go somewhere else? Public could. Here's some suggestions. No, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, because here's the issue I have is like, it's like when I invite somebody back to my apartment and they say yes, it's like I kind of presume that they're they're Sorry. doing this with free agency, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, Mantra, Simra, yeah. uh, you're kind of here. And uh, if you want to unmute yourself. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hey. Hi. I've been listening for, I missed maybe the first 20 minutes. So I don't, I don't really know the article you guys were started talking about. But um, yeah, I was finding your conversation really interesting. So thanks for inviting yeah, me to good. call. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. But uh, you, you had a question. So my question, okay, so, yeah, like, do men not get compliments? Honestly, the perspective I'm coming from is I like men. I haven't dated in a really long time, but not because I don't like men, just because, you know, life was nuts. So, um, but is uh, it true? Matra, here's, here's, here's the honest truth. Nobody's dated in a really long time. Even the ones that are in relationships. Nobody's really no, but I mean, a long time. Like, <laughs> yeah, we I stopped think, dating in 20. I think, honestly, We're on the full self. We're on the full self dating. Yeah, I would honestly say that I've never, yeah. I've never actually dated, like just gone out on dates with people. I've gone like, I've gone like zero to sixty. I'm single, and then I'm in a relationship. I've done that, but even okay. that, I haven't. I haven't even been in a relationship in years. So, but that's okay. My, my question. Well, is, I, this is not like trust this me. Is a, this is the same yeah. space. Neither of us. I have not. No. Just sharing the context for sure, and I'm 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 confident in who I am. I'm I'm happy with yeah. with how I handled things. I honestly don't think I could have made room for a man in my life while I was dealing with certain traumas and shit. So, but yeah. So my question. That's, sure. I mean, that's, yep. that's healthy that you're that you're working on yourself instead of you know yeah, inviting another person into a relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's just not. It's not always fair to like lay that crap on someone else when you're exactly not sure what you're doing. But yeah, so yeah, so do men really like not get compliments? Not, I think, <laughs> like, like, I get compliment all the time. Like, so you're really like from well, the yeah, time, yeah, because you're you're like you're a, in a relationship. Like, hey, you're so handsome, or uh, or you did that really well, or not even thanks for doing something, but like, you're 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 so cute when you do such a, you know what I mean? Like, I've I'll heard say, that. I'll say I'll say I'll say mantra. We get we get acknowledgement, but we don't get compliments generally. Like, we get acknowledgement, like, hey, thank you for doing that thing, right? Yeah. But uh, do we get compliments? Like, oh, you look so good today. Or, like, uh, you know, I really like, I don't know, the way that you smile or like your eyes or whatever. No, it doesn't really happen. Like, all of us guys cling like like starving dogs to a gnawed-out bone to every compliment <laughs> that we get. We remember every compliment we get, like, on our deathbed. Well, Q, I think you're ridiculously handsome. Oh, Agreed. Oh, <laughs> Agreed. Oh, Come on. Oh, thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> she's trying, she's, I get she's complimented trying, she's trying, she's trying a lot. To make me shed yeah. tears out here. So I, I get complimented a lot for how I dress or like how I look with guys yeah. and girls. And uh, to be honest, they get meaningless because it happens so much. Like I. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not it's trying to like. Nice. I'm not like trying to like big time anyone. It's just that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get, I get yeah, my so dick is not really like normal. Like, because yeah. like, I'm not looking for this attention. You know, I'm married with four kids, so I'm not looking for attention. So like, it's unwanted attention. Okay, okay. Here's a here's a question. Do you get the compliments from your spouse though? Does your spouse compliment you? I was just gonna. Nah, she bitches at me a lot. Hey. <laughs> nah, my 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 spouse don't really compliment me. Yeah, That's so what I was one, asking. So the one that you want to hear it from, yeah, the one you want to hear yeah. it from is she giving you the compliments, and the answer is no. So it really and truly, like, no, no, we don't. Yeah. Okay. Nah, because like for me, me and my, the way the way I operate, I'm I'm not into nice girls. I don't want. I don't really want. Like girls that like are gonna compliment <laughs> you, boost up my ego and stuff. Yeah. Like I like, I like the honesty that I have with my wife, where she can talk shit to me, and like I can say something back, and like we'll move on. And well, yeah, but you being straightforward with somebody in a relationship doesn't mean that they don't ever compliment you. I, I would also, I would also say, like, I think that it's it's much less common. Because uh, the thing is, I, I think that women maybe over compliment other people where it's because we're like, I don't know, do you guys, again, I, I hate to bring up Twitter discourse, but you remember like Hassan, uh, Hassan Abi posted that picture of himself at like the the Twitch Awards. Oh, and that. Everybody that, was just. Swaggerless <laughs> ass pick. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, fine. I mean, the, yo, the Lori Lightfoot fit. Yo. DJ, <laughs> no, everybody. What do you think? He looks, so he looks like a gay slave owner. Yeah, everybody <laughs> absolutely bragging on. That's, the thing is, like, I look. I've seen a lot of women with terrible fits, and you'll uh, posting yeah. online, and you'll just see the comments like, "Oh my god, girl, oh my you're, gosh, so you're so beautiful. Oh my god, you're so gorgeous. Oh, I just oh, want to be you." you. Get that? Like, I know. And you're like, no, you don't. Uh, get me pregnant. <laughs> step on me, mommy. <laughs> it's like you, it, like that fit is trash. And it's like I think that 
there has to be a middle ground of like, because like, I, I don't think that like, I think men do need to be complimented a little more. And I do try, especially like, it's really funny when it's like guys posting gym pics. Because every time a guy posts a gym pic, every guy will be like, yo, bro, you're looking on fire right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. bro. You, hey, hey, bro. You're looking fast. You're looking fast. You're looking fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, you look like traps are popping out, dude. Hey, 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 but then, but then, but then but immediately, I, after the, no, hold up, hold up, after the first 10 compliments, and it's like, hey, bro, what's your cycle? Hey, what's your cycle, man? Hey, yeah. is, that, is it Clen? Is it Clen and Trent? Is it Winstrol? Come on, bro, tell me, what's your cycle? It's like, yeah, dude, what's your stack? Are you, are you just pure yeah. creatine? You got, like, you got some citrulline in there, bro? You got... <laughs> no, it's, like, I, I definitely think that, um, I, I do think that with women, because uh, how would I put this? To, to bring it back to Mantra's question about, like, do we get complimented? I, I will say that I haven't really noted outside of a very sexual context, right? Like, I, I've noticed that in the past my partners compliment me. Like, if they're really horny, they'll start to compliment me. But if they're not horny, they won't compliment me. Oh, like, I, that's one thing where it's like they'll start. That's the only time uh, I would very specific compliment. Right. So it's manipulation. Well, <laughs> always trying. They're, trying they're trying to get them. Yeah, I mean, I love just guys kidding. do that with women too. No, I mean, like, like, fine, <laughs> but it, it's like it does definitely, um, or it's it's very fashion specific. It's like I, it's never like you look good in that shirt. It's like I like you in that shirt. They're trying to get We're, you to give up the blanket, Rory. Don't listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they're not getting. I, I, I have decided that I, <laughs> I'm going to invest in a bunch of, like, Andrew Tate uh, hoodies. To give, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not stealing that shit. That's for fucking shit. <laughs> they're, not, they're not walking out of my apartment with a Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Good luck, yeah, got oh, I got some great ones, but I'm not wearing yeah, them. You got, like, you got, you got the Roosh. You got the Roosh V Uggs. Yeah, yeah, you ain't going yeah. to wear that. Matt Forty. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Look, I'll say this: the reason why I don't care about people complimenting me is because I don't look to other people for like confidence or self-esteem. You know, I find that within myself, and I'm self-aware about like all my flaws, all my strengths, and all that. Like, I, when I say I don't give a fuck about what other people think, that goes both ways. I don't care if you hate me. I don't care if you love me. Like, I care if my loved ones love me. Mm. Like, I care if my wife loves me. But she shows it in a certain way that it doesn't necessarily lead to compliments, but she shows it in other ways. You know, like, where she makes sure, like, my favorite meal gets made on a on – a, yeah. When she knows I have a down day or something. Yeah, that's, or that's to a, make that's sure the, thing, the, the, the house that's is clean. That's a definite thing. Yeah. That's a definite thing we're... where, like, uh, I was going to say, like, when, um, especially when, like, someone knows you had a really rough day, right? Mm-hmm. And and she, like, will make your favorite food. Like, that, that is not just a compliment. That's, like, hey, I, I like, it's an acknowledgement. Like, I know you're having a rough time. Like, here's something to make you feel really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think where yeah. I'm coming from. Where I was coming from is more, um, do our, our, our in heterosexual relationships, men and women, are women giving as much as they're expecting or, and getting, right? Like, um, I don't know if any of you guys watch like, you, Bachelor, I, Bachelor Nation shows, but like, it, it, they nah. always frame it. Okay, I do. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. 
they always frame these relationships like men aren't giving enough they aren't doing enough they're not trying hard enough but i feel mm. like in real life it might be the opposite and mm -hmm. men are the ones trying and women mm. are like expecting and taking that's why and women so, don't have any game yeah we don't because we're so used to being the one who is approached who is hit yeah. on that when like it's been like kind of this reverse or like well it's creepy for you to approach me got this weird dynamic got set up we're like oh no you can't approach me that's creepy so now guys are kind of like okay well i guess i can't approach you then so now women have kind of had to do it and it's caused this whole bizarre dynamic like my my brother's a bit younger than me so he tells me stories and i'm just like ah, it sounds like a nightmare uh, and i'm glad yeah. i'm, oh I'm a right now like i'm not interested <laughs> no like an attractive woman's game is basically <laughs> something that would get a guy locked up because yeah. an attractive oh, yeah. woman's game <laughs> exactly. Is, exactly yes an attractive oh. woman's game is basically like she's gonna rub your rub your thigh she's gonna like you know reach a reach somewhere that if you did that to a girl, they'd be calling the cops right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I was at, I was at, I was, I was getting like drinks with a friend. This is about a year ago, and I'm just at the bar. We're drinking. I was in a relationship at the time, and this girl just was like, "There's a." It was very close to the line to the bathroom. This girl just walks over and just grabs my junk, and I'm just like, I just like shocked. I kind of like turn to her, and I'm like, "Do I know? Like, do I?" All right, I think you might have gotten the wrong person here. Like it's, and she's like, "Oh, okay," and then just walked off. And I'm like, "Yeah, my yeah, God. I know." And, and, yeah, Rory's like clutching him. It's like, "What? What just happened?" And the other thing too is just like, but you know what's funny though? You just said that, and you noticed that like all of us, myself included, you said like, "Yeah, she walked up and grabbed my junk." And what did we all do? We laughed, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's funny mm -hmm. when that happens, right? But it's obviously like it's obviously not and funny. But that's what we've conditioned to believe that, like, yeah, like women don't really have to have game. They simply have to express interest in such a way that she actually kind of like violates your boundaries. Yeah, and, and I yeah. would say like, especially true with because you know I, I I hate to give these guys any any kind of positive discussion, but this happened like with the the fresh and fit guy because they they got accused. Oh God! Of, yeah. yeah, and it was essentially like this girl came into my or like this they invited me into my apartment and like. You know, he was, he walked over and he kissed me and I felt like, like there, you know, he, I felt like out of control. And I'm like, there have been women that have walked into my apartment and just started getting undressed. Like, yeah. in my, and, and, and it's like, you know, it, it's, it's this way. And, and this definitely kind of folds back into that the sort of slate article. By the way, by the way, Rory, Rory, by the way, I love that humble brag. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm just going to let you know. I, uh, I'm low-key a hanging robber. Yeah. What? It's like girls just come to my apartment and the clothes. Yeah, girls just come to my apartment and they just start, they and start, they just start taking yeah. the clothes off. <laughs> the panties just well, hit, the, hit you know, the floor. First off, that's it's, it's keeping me from the... the holy path, you know. It's, it's keeping you off the eightfold path to Nirvana. Yeah, no, it's it, but like it's this thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, people like women will, you know, they'll just come in and they'll just like straddle you or, or stuff like that. Where it's like, and they're not like, you know, sitting around like, oh, you know, like if I was to say that online, I would, gen I genuinely think people would be mad at me for slut shaming more than they would be mad at that the woman for <laughs> yeah. not. 
yeah. in my consent. And that's the thing where it's like, I, I think one of the biggest problems, I think this is an underlying state in all of this, or in, in a lot of the gender dynamics is that, that are emerging now online is, and emerging in this sort of the changing nature of relationships is that there is no reciprocity, right? It, it's like everything, like as a guy, you are expected to like eternally be the gatekeeper and the manager of all of this, right? It, there, at no point, you know, like at no point are you expected or at no point is, is are women really expected to voice, you know, disagree, like a voice um, any kind of protest, right? It, it's almost like you have to intuit from them. And, and I think that that's, or, or like you'll see these dynamics of like, oh, you know, the only way to get consent, like I, this is one point that I harp on, like the only way to get consent is express and verbal, which I think is great. That's fine as a standard. But the problem is that, you know, if you ask any guy, how often do women initiate with you without your approval or without, without getting express consent, you'll say, you know, it's rarer that they ever get that consent, right? Like, I mean, genuinely, and, and I, I would love to, if there are any uh, examples of anybody listening, like how many guys have, ex how many guys have had a woman ask if they consent to being, you know, initiated with sexually? And, and the answer is almost none. Personally, I've never had it. I know Q, you've had, had it once. Uh, Michael, if you want to, if you have any examples of that, I'd love to hear, but it, it's so Text, I mean... rare. Nah, because I mean, like, you just make a move and the girl accepts it, and then that's it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 very much up to you, right? It's like you can say no or they can say yes. Whereas I think with men, it's like expected that you receive, you know, some kind of cue. Which you know, if that's going to be a standard, that's fine. But that has to be something that is practiced on both ends. You know what I mean? It's like if if like. You know, if I meet a girl at a club and I tell her like, "Hey, I got some weed at the at the crib," or I, "Hey, you want to have a you want to have some drinks at the crib?" That's consent to me when she says yes, right? Cuz I mean, yeah. we both know what that means. Like we're going to go home, we're we're going back to my house and we're going to we're going to smash. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's consent. Now, obviously I mean, if I'm they say no, yeah, you let them go. Like if they say no when you when you're at the when you're at the crib, yeah, that's that's their decision. But I've never had a girl say no. I mean, because most girls like they're mature enough to understand like when you're when you're inviting them back to the house at two three o'clock in the morning, we're not going yeah. to play Mario Kart. We're not going to play like oh. Twister and shit. And that's where that's where they go wrong with me. <laughs> Oh boy! Yes, yeah, because Rory, Rory's about to regale them with all Mass Effect and Tarkov lore. They're just—they're—he's going to—he's going to get dressed in some ancient Roman toga and regale them. With. Yeah, it's like you—you you are where as a woman that comes back to my apartment at two a.m. You are in an Andrew Tate hoodie, and you are only an Andrew, and you are sitting there listening to me explain the Reaper indoctrination theory of Mass Effect. Um, but no, I, I would agree with that. I think that there's so much of this is like, um, and I know uh, Nick Nicky in the comments, uh, which I, I see that you're, you're very, um, uh, you, you take part in the comments a lot, but like I haven't, you know, you don't really get in the queue. I, I would, you know, suggest anybody that has something to say, like, please come into the queue. Uh, like, this is the whole point of Colin. 
yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. It's yeah, not just it's right. not just to hear ourselves speak, even though I know yeah. you enjoy it. But uh, no, we we actually want to hear from you too, because the thing is, like, Rory and I have these conversations all the time, you know, and and me and Michael have these conversations. I would say, like, occasionally at least, like, we we talk every so often. Uh, but like, I I want to know whether I'm tripping or not. Like, are, am I just inside of a bubble, or is there actually something to what it is that we're saying right now? Um, sorry, Mantra hopped back up because she actually had uh, a, a quick yeah. story to tell us. It's so funny right because at- I'm, I'm, when I was out there and dating and like, you know, not really dating, but like, you know, sleeping with people, I was very aggressive and I would, I would pursue guys. So like, I, I didn't have to give consent because I was like being the one inviting, but I actually was once turned down by a guy. And like there was this, there was a visceral connection. You were like we once were attracted to each- turned down by a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. It's fascinating. And I almost <sighs> forgot about it, but listening to you guys talk about it, I remembered. And so like, I there was this connection. Like we had this great rapport. He was from South Africa. Um, we were chatting. Like I was so into him. I was like, I want. I super want to make out with this guy, and like you know other stuff, but definitely start I was I kept trying to kiss him I even invited him back to my place but he's like no I have a girlfriend so I'm just gonna leave now and I'm like seriously you came back to my place and you didn't put out what the hell hey he, he didn't but turn like, you down he was being see, faithful to his girlfriend no, did, it was no it was like it was it was good because honestly I was pursuing and he never even he didn't even kiss me I tried to kiss him and he backed off. Yo, and, I'm gonna I tell think... you something. I'm gonna tell you something, Mantra. I'm gonna tell you something real quick. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know how much guys? Remember when? Uh, I'm not sure if you were here a couple of weeks ago when um, our friend Mar- uh, Maria hopped in and she asked some questions about uh, a guy that she wanted to ask out, right? I think and, it rings uh, a bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she was saying that uh, she's you know afraid of getting rejected by the guy. And I said like, there's no such thing as rejection. There's just him saying no, and rejection is something that you make up. Right, like that's a story you tell right. yourself. But here's, right, right. here's the other thing: guys get like our lives are rejection. You know how like like in baseball, if somebody has like a two fifty batting average, maybe three hundred, it means that at best, at best, they're hitting one out of three. Sorry, they are actually making a base hit one out of three times at the right bat. They are missing a whole hell of a lot of pitches. Right? Yeah, that's how that's kind of how it is with guys and like mm-hmm. shooting their shot. It doesn't happen very often that it works. But the yeah. interesting thing that I find is that, like, when a guy tells a woman, ah, you know what? Sorry, not feeling it. It's just, like, you remember that. Like, it's I something thought that it was sticks lovely, with you. you remember to be it. honest. I thought it was lovely. Because he has, he, despite this despite this physical attraction, he, yeah. his girlfriend was not there. His girlfriend was back home. And yeah. he was on vacation. And he, he, he resisted the temptation. And I thought it was lovely. But it does... Yeah, it's not like I felt rejected. I felt like, oh. But you remember it though. Like, but I, I do remember tell, it. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you that I'm like I cannot remember any of the times that I've been turned wow. down because it, it just happens so often. And that's just like that's but that's life as a guy, right? Like you're, you're yeah, used and to that's that. Fine. You know, and, and you're, we're used to. I think the problem is that we're very. I think we're very. I mean, I'd say most guys are very accepting of like if a woman comes back and is like, I just I don't feel like it. It's like yeah, yeah, that's fine. But the issue we have is that. Now where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, but if you look at like the power dynamics, you're in his apartment, you're this, you're that, you know, you, 
you know, what if they say, what if they get angry and stuff? And it's like, man, how am I supposed to navigate this? Like, how am I supposed to know if you really want to be there? It's it's like, it's like we become like totally like, I don't want to say like, like socially just malcontent with it because it's like, we don't know how to like, do you really consent? Do you not? Like, should I initiate? Should I not? Because I think with so much of consent discourse, it, it comes down to like, yes, in an idealized world, um, in an idealized world, yes, of course it would be open and verbal. But I think with everybody's experience, at least as a guy, so much of, of receiving consent, yeah, exactly, it's, it's nonverbal, even though technically oh. nonverbal consent is very much frowned upon in those conversations, right? It's very much kind of looked down on. Um, and and it, it's like... Oh. But that's most of, I would say, in reality, in like day to day, like on the street, that is the vast majority of it. Very rarely do people come in and and engage that. I mean, at least from my perspective, in terms of of like the women uh, that I've um, been with, it, it's almost never it's never happened, right? So I think for like Michael, I would probably I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but yeah, it's it's so much of what we do is sort of is, is sort of contingent on the fact that a woman, you know, will make it known whether or not she wants to like initiate or do anything with us, right? I mean, yeah. that's I mean, yeah. like for for me like when I was single and stuff, I usually had a pretty good idea of like if a girl was going to come home with me. Because normally like before I even talked to the girl, like I'm eyeing her across the room. I'm smiling at her. If she smiles back, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her. If she doesn't smile back, okay, I'm like, I'm going to go look at some other girl. If she smiles back, then I'm going to go talk to her. And, like, once I go talk to her, because, you know, my mouth is a lot better than my eyes. So, like, once I go talk to her, I know I'm about to steal something. So, when I'm, when I'm, but once they say they're going to come back to the, to crib, I'm like, yeah. that's the consent for me. And, I, I'm, and I'm not saying that, that that's something that every guy should, like, assume is consent. But for me, like, that's consent. And no, I've never a, had it. It's a green light. It's a green. It's, it's not consent per se, but it's a green light that you can further the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like very, you're consenting to the, how would I put it? It's consent to the suggestion that it might happen, right? It, it's. Yeah. The idea that like somebody inviting you to your apartment at 2 a.m. is not going to have like I mean, people like women will laugh when I joke about like, oh, yeah, like she invites me back to her place. And all I do is talk about Mass Effect War, right? For example, it's like <laughs> the reason why people, women laugh at that is But the thing is, is but, but Rory, but Rory, you actually do that, though, is the thing. You actually well, like, do that. Absolutely. And it drives people insane. Um, it's not a I'll joke if real. you actually do it. I have invited girls back to come play Mario Kart at 2 a.m. And I didn't even have a Nintendo yeah, Wii when I sent it. Uh, yeah, me too. We've all done this. Please, please call in. Uh, and I will say, absolutely, uh, there. Uh, it's, I mean, look, here's the thing. It's, it's not that we would prefer. Oh, hold on. Sorry, Roy, 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 just, sorry, Roy, real quick. Before you go down that avenue, I just want to say, uh, Jamile um, is in the queue. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that he gets his question in. Uh, Jamal, you can go ahead and unmute yourself because uh, you're you're uh, right up in the queue. Oh, okay. Homeboy oh, no, no. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Uh, all right. Go ahead, Jamal. 
unmute yourself and go ahead. Does that happen a lot? People hitting um, hang up instead of unmute. Yeah, yeah, that it's happens. A, yeah, yeah, that happens occasionally. No big deal. Um, yeah, I, I it's, just a little, it's just a little performance anxiety. It happens to all of us. It's no big deal. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that I'm sure women expect every now and then. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, uh, Q, I thought um, that's a really good point, that there is no such thing as rejection. Like, I'm going yeah. back in my head right now and um, editing and deciding that, you know, some of the people who rejected me, you know, really liked my personality. Oh, oh sorry. It seemed like we lost oh. you there. Yeah, I think we, I think you might have hit. The uh, hang up button by accident, but it's okay because he, well, he's actually out of the room, so maybe he lost his connection. But it's okay. I, I I think I saw where he was going, and that was like he was going down the avenue of saying that uh, you know they said no to me. They said they liked my personality, but my looks were not yada yada yada. Yeah. And I'm gonna venture to say that's actually just another story that you're telling yourself. Oh wait, there he is. There he is. Uh, all right. So okay, here's what's up, Jamal. I'm gonna put you next up in the queue. Um, rather. It has, it's actually going to yeah. bump you out, but feel free to hop yeah. right back up in the queue because I wanted to hear what you had to ask as well. But uh, Absolutely. Jamal, uh, I, I, I saw what avenue you were going down, which is that, oh, you know, like she liked my personality, but maybe like just wasn't attracted to my looks. And I'm going to say like, that's actually just a story you're telling yourself. And even if she yeah. said it to you, like, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, the attraction's not there, but I like your personality. That's actually a story that she's also saying. Really, all it is, is that she said no. And that's fine. Like anybody can say no for whatever reason they want. You don't actually have to, you don't have to turn it into anything. And the reason I say mm -hmm. the projection is not real is because you now make a value judgment about yourself based on somebody saying no. But the truth is you don't have to make it mean anything. It's just, they said, no, it doesn't mean anything about your looks. It doesn't mean anything about your height, your financial security. It doesn't mean anything about you as an individual, what value you have. All it is is that they said, no. Yeah, and I think what people will often do is they start getting into, but why did she say no to me? And the answer is, it's none of your fucking business. She can say no because yeah, it doesn't know, matter. She, because you had spinach in your teeth. She could have said no because like you had like a booger hand at the end of your nose, or she could have just said no because it just wasn't there for her, right? Well, and that... there's no there's no gamification that we're ever going to get into to make people want you. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of it's, it, the thing is. But people do like confidence. And I'll say, like, one of the quickest ways to develop confidence in yourself is to stop making up stories about you because somebody said no. Exactly. And, you know, another thing with 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 people that, like, use that as an excuse. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Michael, I'm just going to stop you real quick because uh, Jamal was going to say something. I want to make sure that he okay, got his, uh, his response. No, don't worry about it. I'll let um, Rather ask his question, but first, did I hang up before or after I said the punchline to my? Oh partner? no, I didn't. I didn't hear the punchline. We didn't hear the punchline. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... Line was, so I've decided that everyone who's ever rejected me, man or woman, they all had a favorite uncle who looked just like me. Who oh. died in <laughs> Come on, you can't put that on that. You can't put that on. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I went and said all of that behind this punchline. Well, uh, I'm, I'm banning you from this room. Don't ever call back again. I hate your guts. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. All right, uh, rather you go on ahead. And uh, Rory, just let just let you know, like I, I did have my heart out, so 
you've got the hosting duties from here and yeah. uh just let me know as soon as you need to close the room down all right sure. cool man well uh, y'all can hear me yeah we can hear you. yeah okay okay for sure all right first i want to say uh q and uh uh Mother man's like shout out to y'all for bringing like a trenches nigga onto the stream. You know what I mean? <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, but um, uh, Mike, anyway, Michael's my boy. My, hey, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? I find is really cool about Michael because I will refer What's to Michael as nigga. I refer to Michael as nigga, and he never says it back. That's how I know that's that's real. That's what's up. What's up? That's crazy. I'm not Samoan um, enough to say then we're back. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah, because like he 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 from Cali, and it's like getting in touch with like a lot of Cali street folks as of recently. It's like uh, I know what he's talking about. But yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. My question is: Would y'all say that consent is necessarily cultural? Because just from my experiences, like, you know, I've I've been around town. I've dated and, and been out with different types of women and men at that. Um, and being out here in Chicago, um, it really depends on where you at. Because, like, I mean, like, as a, as a queer man myself, I tell anybody, yo, straight up, like, if you go to Boys Town, you're not getting that verbal consent. You're going in on clubs. Like, it's, it's all about body language. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A lot of the gay men stuff because, like, you know, I go to like a spot like like Roscoe's or Scarlet or something, and you know, they uh, give you sorry, that. One thing I want to say, uh, I, I know if somebody is uh, like cutting something. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'm cooking right now. Me and my partner. Okay. No, 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 that's good. Good. No, I just want to make sure, like, it's not. If you, yeah, like, you want to keep going, fine. Yeah, I just want to make sure, like, I got you. I got a question rather like is, is there more pressure to get consent from a woman than there is to get consent from a man? Um it depends. I'm I'm gonna be trill here. Like cuz see I've I've like I said I've dated and and you know been out with like different people from different backgrounds and class backgrounds. You know, I've went out on dates with you know, middle class white women. You know, people you would consider middle class white. I've dated girls who, you know, grew up where I came from, you know, um, what people would call the hood or whatever, black girls. I've dated Latina girls, Asian girls, whatever. Um, I will say, I ain't gonna lie to you. From my experience with white women, you gotta be overly cautious, especially as a man of color, because it's just like you don't know who you're dealing with. You know what I mean? Until like they actually um, show like like some interest in you, and you really got it. It's like a you really it's like a fifty fifty mix up type of thing. You know what I mean? You just have to be able to read it um, and the body language and stuff, or the little hints that they'll drop. Whereas like you know, if say where if I'm in my hometown on the east side of Joliet, you know, some girl be like. Damn, like what's happening with you? What's up? Like, you know what I mean? Or like, yo, you trying to you trying to smoke? Like, you know, and that you trying to smoke. I'm like, especially two in the morning. It's like, all right, I already know where this is going. Like, yeah, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And even with like the gamers, like I ain't gonna cap. I'm guilty of doing that too. Where like I invite a girl over to my place and it's late night. 
and we just gaming. Like, you think I'm get the draws, but like, no, nah, like, I'm trying to put you on to this, like, Super Smash Brothers or, you know what I'm saying, this new um, Street Fighter Tekken. Um, but, like, would you, that's my thing, though, um, in the best way I could uh, give it out. Like, would y'all say that um, consent is cultural? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yes. I actually do agree with that. Because, I mean, like, um, I mean, I, I, I grew up in the hood, and that's not something that, like, usually, like, when you deal with, like, hood girls, it's pretty much, you know what's going on. They're pretty upfront about what they want. And they're, they're not going to be, like, a lot of, like, these weird games where they're going to be, like, pulling something back once they come to your crib. Um and, yeah, I didn't really I fuck with a lot of white girls growing up, to be honest, because I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood. So, like, 99% of my neighborhood was brown. But um, I would say, like, brown girls and black girls that I've been with, they're a lot more upfront. So, like, it's a lot easier to, like, navigate that. Um, and then the white girls I've been with, they've always were attracted to the whole, you know, lifestyle that i was living at that time they wanted so to see it wasn't really that was hard. Like on the other side of the tracks we all know that story you know they wanted <laughs> yeah. they, they wanted to get they wanted to get the one week hood pass we know that yep that's pretty much what it yeah, is they wanted that's, that's why q and i run the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like because <laughs> to be honest with you i didn't really grow up like around white folks like that like it was like a few you know what i'm saying but not not all that much. Like the schools I went to was like pretty much black and brown. And like as for the neighborhoods, you know, uh, they was either like predominantly Mexican or like predominantly black folks. And it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't start white people until like I got into like my mid twenties. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that was like just like a few. But you know, I realized like. It was definitely like what it depended on the lifestyle you was living and like the accessibility to the spaces that they was in. Cause even if it's like they could tell when you were an outsider, you know what I'm saying? Cause you a lot of times, unless they like trying, unless they like meet you in your space to some levels, you got to assimilate and play that game. Yeah, you know what I'm, I got to be honest. Like a lot of white girls, like when I was in my 20s, like, yeah, I did hook up with a lot at clubs, but for the most part, like, I never really liked dating white girls because they made me uncomfortable just coming from different, like, classes. And then on top of it, like, I just don't – I don't vibe with, like, that type of culture and all. I, and I feel judged, too, because, like, I've had tattoos since I was in – in high school and shit. That's right, my brother. So, you know, I looked a certain you. way ever since I was them. in high school. No, that's that's a straight-up Dr. Umar seal of approval. We rock with you, my brother. We rocking with you. Appreciate well, it. As, as the resident expert. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when, 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 uh, when I hear the Brown brothers say, yeah, I don't really fuck with white girls like that, I, I do like a silent fist pump. It's like, that's right. Uh, and, and part of uh-huh. it, I think, is... So, like, I, I do think that there is a, because, like, look, there are, I, I think some of it is also just what kind of white women you're going to run into, you know? Because, yeah, like, yeah. a lot of times, well, no, I mean, like, and this is not, like, an attack on anyone, but, like, there's definitely, 
there's definitely a difference because you know I, I come from uh, the white hood, Spokane, Washington. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> mean streets of Spokane. Yeah, mean streets of Spokane. Hey, we are the what is it? The we, if you were to like per capita, we have like one of the most insanely high crime rates and like police shootings in like anywhere. Like if you were to like balance us out against like other places, we're like mm. almost beating Cleveland, Ohio. Almost. Okay. Like, okay. 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 Pretty I'm just boy, saying. Boy. We got it. We got it. Um. Yeah. No. It, uh, but like, I would say, the thing is, like, the kind of white women that a lot of people talk about, it's usually like a very specific middle class, college educated kind of white woman. Yeah, that, like, yeah. generally. I'm... Would- yeah. I'm feeling. I'm feeling attacked here. No, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you're like, oh yeah, like I, like you know, I had tattoos since I was in high school. So you do so many, so like, like a lot, like the white women that wouldn't have, that would have tattoos in high school, because in my high school, right? Um, but it's like they wouldn't be, you know, going like they weren't like, like college edu, they weren't going out to college, they weren't doing like they were on like a different track, right? And they were just. And so the culture, I think, there was very, very different. And I would argue much more yeah. in line. Like, they don't – I'm sorry. Like, none of the, – they, they don't overthink these kinds of things the way that I think that, like, being engaged in, like, this weird discourse around, like, gender dynamics that, that comes up, right, that I, I think that white women get sort of lumped into, where it's like, no, that is a very, very specific kind of white woman. The same way that – you know, the, the way that, like, a lot of, like, guys that are clued in, like, white guys that are clued into that sort of space aren't necessarily indicative of white guys in general, right? Um, mm. and we're just, like, very, very overrepresented in that. Now, you know, you, know what it, you know what it is? You know what it is, though? You know what it is? Like, okay, I know exactly what you're you trying to say, Roy, and I'm just going to, like, be a little bit rude about it. Um, <laughs> the kind of, no, no, hold up. But the, the, the kind of white girls that you're talking about, I, I I know exactly why it is that Michael feels uncomfortable with them. I know why it is that uh, rather than saying that, well, you know, I, I wasn't really fucking with them like that. And I'll say that, uh, like, coming from, like, a rough neighborhood, but then, like, going into, like, an industry, like, the financial industry, and then also working in, like, nightlife, both in Windsor and Toronto, et cetera. Like, I've met all kinds of people. And I'll say that the kind that you're talking about are the most dangerous ones. Um, because the reason is, and I'm not just talking about like, you know, like or the, the ones who like call the police on the guy because like, uh, you know, he's walking on the same side of the street as her. I'm not talking about that. What I mean is they tend to get really weird where it comes to consent. And I'm not talking about like consent to a guy. I mean about consent that they're seeking from a guy. It is almost like it doesn't exist. Like you were, we were talking about earlier, how you know women generally don't ask for consent when they are the one who makes a move. Yeah. But I'm saying mm-hmm. that like the the kind of white girl that you're talking about will actually blow past a guy's no and act as if like, I, oh. but wait a second, how like how can you say no to me? How dare you? Mm. And they'll even go so far as to say shit like, but I thought they'll say like I thought black guys loved us or I thought Asian guys like love white. They'll just like full on say it like. Yeah, I'm entitled to you. And that's just like, yes. that, that is one of the reasons I, that they get avoided. Because they're I've never, really yes. fucking weird. 
that, I've that, never associated that, right. with the type, but I've I've met yeah. the type Q is describing, oh, yeah. and and yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's not all white women. It's the yes. ones who generally come from that college-educated sort of like middle class to upper middle class. It's like they they generally don't they don't encounter people of different cultural backgrounds on a day-to-day basis. They know about them through television, and when they actually encounter them, whether mm-hmm. it's in college or like in their young professional life or whatever, they don't know how to act, so they just act as if like we're playing a part in their hero story you know what i mean well yeah i mean i i can yeah i agree very very easily i grew up in la in mar vista in the 80s which was back then it was black mexican korean neighborhood but i went to a private school in santa monica predominantly white and over the years I went to this school, like the only black men you'd encounter would be the black sports teachers. That was it. So yes, all these much richer white girls around me, that was their experience. That is all the exposure to black people that they get because they're living in the Pacific Palisades, Beverly Hills, Malibu, etc. So yeah, they truly do not grow up around any of it. They don't know it, so they don't know how to act. And that's why they will... Uh, blow past all boundaries and, and the thing is i think the oh, other yeah. i would i would add to that because they're so clued into this like weird because because here's the thing i think this is a lot of it also like in addition to just like ambient sort of cultural racism i think there's also the fact that they deal with or they spend so much time getting their brain rotted by like discourse about like uh what is it desirability politics where, politics. <laughs> yeah, where it's it's just like it's like oh well, white women are considered you know so attractive and like this is you know and, and it's and it's such a weird way to approach relationship that it becomes like you don't look at people like other people. You start looking at them like just a race that's full of that has like all these weird like um, cultural attitudes toward them. Where it's just like like nah, man, like you're just like you shouldn't even think of someone like that. And, and the fact that you do think of something like that is sort of, it's very interesting that that's the case. Cause I will say like, regardless of like how rough Spokane is, and it is like, I, I didn't realize like, that Spokane was until I went to a, a private college where like everybody was from Seattle mm. and like, like a rich person from Seattle. And they're just like, Oh, this, this place is such a shithole. Damn, man. <laughs> yeah. Neighborhood, man. What the fuck? Um, but but it is like, it's interesting in the sense that I don't want to be like, well, I never saw race. It was more like these sorts of, because it was overwhelmingly white, like 90% white, mm-hmm. even though it is kind of a rough area. It's like you don't really think about race in the same way. I think a private school in LA where they're, even though the, the school itself is predominantly white, the the community and this the like the area in which it exists is you know incredibly diverse or there's it's not just white people and and so there's this sort of you become like inculcated in this very weird sense of racial understanding that I think ends up making people a lot more racist. Like, yeah, I remember super, I remember super, yeah. super liberal racism, absolutely. I, I went absolutely. to law school yeah. I went to law school in um in like Washington DC, uh, and, and I'm I like downtown DC. Um, you know, it's like right next to Chinatown. So I'm in like the the store, 
And my friend's like, like, oh, you go there? I'm like, yeah. It's like, he's like, yeah, it's kind of sketchy. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, look around. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many black people here. Like, I didn't even realize, like, it was like, it was like mind blowing. Cause I went from this like overwhelmingly like 90% white community where it's just like, just to like, you know, downtown DC and, and, but it's like, you just don't think about it. It's, it's not something that is is bred into you. So I, 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 but the thing is, as I spent more time around racial politics, I noticed to myself that I was becoming much more uncomfortable. Like it was becoming something that to me, like, like, I'm sure maybe I was becoming, maybe I was less racist. I don't know. But like, it was less of something that it became something I talked that like, I became this weird underlying thing that began to undergird all of my conversations, which I think before it never really happened, right? And, and it, I think that's a very salient point. I think that goes back to like a lot of women that become, they get so involved, especially in college with this like weird social, uh, like like sociological discourse. They become like almost poisoned by it where it, they start to treat it in a very negative sense. Instead of looking at like desirability politics as something that, you know, is ambient in society. They look at it as like a, a guiding principle. We're like, of course, guys are going to want to do it. I have the, the ultimate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, which one of you motherfuckers right now are the one that are like tromping around your house? <laughs> which one of you? Which one? Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. My bad. I got a mute. I got a mute. Get, let me. Yeah, let me. Uh... Let me get mute yourself. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, but I, I, I think that it does start to to very much color the way that people talk about each other, where it becomes so over the top that it's like, I think, especially as white people, you just become like very uncomfortable. One, you become very uncomfortable talking about it. And two, you become, you start, it starts to, to like warp the way you think about things. It's like, you know, I would never think like, oh, black girls are so into me. Cause I, I have like, I'm considered the most desirable on the like weird desirability quality. It's like, no, I'm fucking weird. I don't know why anyone would be into me. Like I, I, I suck, dude. Like, but then oh, it's stop. Become... stop, Rory. You're cute. And the most, yeah. Yeah. Rory, like, yeah, just Rory, stop, just stop. Ball, bro. stop. Yeah, but stop. I, yeah, you just, you're throwing the line out there. You fishing, bro. Enough. Come on. We hear it. Rory's putting on some game right now with, with all the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's trying to he's trying to find him a quirked up shawty. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 and there's one. There's actually one very. Well, I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna name her name, right? But there's actually one, probably like the only sane Twitter user I have ever encountered. And I keep saying to him, bro, like y'all are in the same city. You all seem to have a good vibe going. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, shoot your shot. And I think no. it's not like I don't think Rory can do it because I, I know that if he did, like if he shot his shots, it's he, a respect. Man. It would be a swish, like it would. But I think for him, it's almost like, yeah, but if I do shoot my shot at her and then we end up talking, I'm not going to like her anymore. Why? Because now I'm not looking at her with respect I'm, as as a sane poster. Now she's I'm, my girl. I'm, I just can't respect her if she's I'm, my girl. I'm a mantra. I'm working on myself. I'm on that self, self-care drive. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, the point well, I'm trying also, to say with There's oh, also that, you know... You, technically, it's kind of like your workplace at being on Twitter. So if things go wrong, you got to see this person every day. Every day, yeah. You can't even block them because you know why? They're going to they're going to circumvent your block, and then one day Rory's yeah. going to say something innocent, 
and then she's going to screenshot his post and be like, mm-hmm. well, this guy, <laughs> what this guy could be like, this motherfucker yep, doesn't put the yelled, toilet seat down. He yelled at me, and oh, by the way, he pissed on my couch. And Rory's going to have to be like, oh, <laughs> so the Oh, you're getting... <laughs> I don't even know that whole story. I just saw bits of it, and I was like, yeah, nope. I, I, I didn't even know, know Kim Possible Facts was a dude. I thought oh it, I thought God, that was a woman. Bro. Bro, That's a spicy meatball. But you know what, though? I was dying. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah, but I would say it's not even just white women that do this kind of stuff. Because it's a lot of white queer men. Matter of fact, it's oh. white people who do it in general, too. They're very yeah. guilty. Oh, it's, it's messy bitches who love drama. It's 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 everywhere. Yeah. You know what it is, though. You know, no, you know, you know what it is. But well, the thing is, like, rather, let's be let's be real. Like, what, are, you, are you talking about the part where people act over entitled to your body, or are you talking about the part where they just like spread messiness for no reason whatsoever? Both. I just okay. Like... Where it comes to the okay, I'll, I'll say. Here's the thing. I will say straight up. Where it comes where it comes to the over entitled to your body. I'm sorry that shit exists in black communities too. Especially yeah. when it comes, to, I mean, especially, especially the older ladies. When it comes to the young boys, we all of us mm. have seen it. We all have seen it. And when it comes to the messy shit, like putting people's business out in the streets when it does not need to be there, because and I'm not talking about like people who have actually suffered abuse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like you had a bad relationship, it ended messily, you don't like each other, then just like hanging out everybody's dirty laundry. And it's, yo, that tweet about black women being suicide bombers is a hundred percent accurate because it don't matter if she's embarrassing herself as long as you look bad too. Oh, it's, women, it's a win. women, and, women, yo, that's a classic tweet. It's a dog. Women and women, <laughs> yeah, it's always we're suicide bombers. We are. We absolutely yeah. are. Like I have to resist the urge all the time. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. You know what? Yeah. No, the person did say the person did say black women, but I'm gonna tell you straight up. Like, no, Rick is right. It is actually all, like women are general suicide bombers. You know how I know this is true? How, like, remember that story that white woman told on Twitter where she said, um, "Yeah, and uh, you think that guys know anything about?" And you know, you know what actually led to this conversation? It was after Roe v. Wade got nullified by the Supreme Court, and then so she was trying to make a point about guys not having a place in the reproductive conversation. She's like, and "You know how I know they don't know anything about reproduction?" And then she describes when a guy was having sex with her, but he didn't actually like penetrate her vagina. He actually humped her thigh crease. And she let him. And she, and let, she him let him finish. Hump her thigh. She and he didn't finished. say anything. And didn't say shit. Didn't say nothing. And then when he finished, he was like, Did, was that good for you too? And she's like, um, you just fucked my pelvis. And it's like, girl, I'm going to take that shit to the grave. Motherfucking like, yeah, no, that's team. That's take to the grave, and you that, lie. That's to something God. I never understood. Like, <laughs> why is it so hard for like women to give instructions to dudes? Because you know, when a girl is going, when I was single, when a girl was going down on me, it, I didn't like the way she was doing it. I gave her instructions. Yeah, you know, which is helpful, bro, bro, and you bro, should, hold, hold and ladies should do the reverse. Yes. Do you know how many? Do you know how many tweets I've seen from white? And it's actually not even just tweets. It's TikToks. It's Instagram posts. Uh, Facebook posts. White women be like talking about their ex boyfriend's cheesy dicks and their moldy balls all the time, bro. Why? Why? Like, it's so it's weird. Like, if you had listen, if you had if you had no respect for yourself, that you like you chowing down on smegma. <laughs> That's your business. I don't need to do about it. I don't need to. I don't know. You want me to? Post, uh, you, like, want me to you want me to? Post, you want me to Postmates do some mouthwash? I don't know. <laughs> also, like, I'm not I need to say this. Like, like, look, I, I, 
here's the thing. What what the fuck is going on with your legs? Were that like I have come home with like a body wash. Mechanically, you know, I'm like trying to figure out how that works. It was like, was she like just I mean like I'm just trying to figure out what is going on. How do you know where to go? Well, we're in doubt, Frodo. You just follow your nose. Like, first off, like, look, let's be very clear. Like, any guy will tell you that, like, if you go in the wrong place, women will let you know, right? The fact that, like, I, I don't know how socially awkward you would have to be to just, like, to just see that and, like, not not know how to... I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be the one talking since I'm the guy that had the woman like hump my my pelvic bone. To completion. I could not tell you that for certain. But... Um, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I will say, like... Yeah. It, it, look, uh, the point I'm trying to say is like, again, it comes down to this thing where it's like, you kind of need to tell your partner or, or just subtly imply to them to go into the wrong, like that, just like, just like grab, grab their junk and, and move it to the right place. You don't have to say anything, right? No, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 guide, just guide it. What are you doing? Yeah. What are, what are you, doing? why are you thinking brother or sister? What the hell yeah. are you thinking? No, 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 no. Sisters are brothers too. That's the whole thing. Like, hey, remember that, that post I showed you where like homegirl felt yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, she, felt, she felt like people, no, she felt like people weren't like respecting her because uh, she's like, no, my pronouns are she, her. And then, and then the coworker was like, all right, bro. And I, I, I didn't want to tweet it, but I was just trying to say like, no, 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 no. Bro is his got, gender. If you no, but if your pronouns are she, her. And a dude says, all right, bro. He's actually showing you the, the absolute, like utmost of respect because yep. yeah. guys will call women, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know if people know this, but like. I, and I've seen it happen so many times. It's like, dude. Like be talk, talking, talking to a cisgender woman and, and referring to her as bro, bro. bro no, my, girl, my ex-girlfriend got really mad at me because uh, I kept calling her dude. And she's like, I'm not a dude. A dude. Like, it's like, no, yeah, but you are. You're cool. And I like you. So you're a dude now. Come on. Listen to your brother. Because <laughs> 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 like, bro to me is like an interjection. Like, I call anybody bro at the same time. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. some will call, like, I got homegirls or, like, non-binary folks who, like, oh, they call on, me hold sis. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I was, was going to say, and you know how I know they understand this? Because when she is ready to interject to you, what, is she, what would she say? Bitch. She'd be like, sis. Yeah, yeah or bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bitch. Yeah. So she knows Which is also gender neutral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think bitch is gender neutral. And I've heard women refer to other women as bro, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, all the time. Because I think it's like 
I think it's more so a representation of their own gender rather than it being like them trying to intentionally like misgender you or like put something on you. Like you'll no, know no, when no, they're trying to like. It's, it, no, it's insecurity coming out. And I'll tell you why. Because like, okay, I'll tell you this. This is going to sound very strange. Okay. But if you say, okay, but my pronouns are she, her. And he says, oh, okay. I'm very sorry about that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. He's showing, he's showing you respect. But he's like, it's also like there's a there's a healthy distance between you and him. It's like, okay, I don't, I really don't want to offend you. I'm very sorry about that. But also, I don't know you well enough to consider you like close to me. So I'm going to be extra delicate with you. But you say, all right, bro, you're actually because that's what you would say to just about anybody. Like you would say that to your sister. Your sister says, okay, but I don't want you to do that. All right, all right bro, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I feel you. Like that's what I'm saying. Three times the level of respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, like, when I say, like, for example, when I say bro, like, I'm not trying to, because I, I had a, I had to have some hella discourse about this, like, a few years ago uh, with somebody who's trans, and I had explained to them, like, you know, it's it's not, for the most part, it's not people trying to intentionally misgender you or anything about that. It's really just a cultural thing in a way, like, for example, with me, when I like I call anybody bro. That's not me trying to misgender folks. That's just the way that I talk. Or like well, the, the thing is that no, but when you say bro, it's usually to somebody that you're comfortable with, right? Like right, you're calling, yeah, yeah. You're not unless you like him a lot. You're not calling your boss bro. You you address him by his name, right? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, so, a real, a real, but then again, a real nigga would say, "But I don't have a boss. I don't. A real man doesn't have a boss." You have a direct report. True. You're not going to call him bro. You're going to call him by his name. If you like him and you're close, you will say bro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you get it. No, we, get yeah, it. We, we, don't, yeah, we don't have to like go down these avenues because it wasn't the topic of conversation. But I didn't need to bring it up. Oh, but no, um, like, anyhow, it actually, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead, Rory, because I was going to say it's after 11 o'clock and we probably should uh, wrap it up soon, but you can go ahead. I, I would just say that like, um, I mean, I guess to get back to Rather's like my first comment, like, I would definitely say that, that consent is is very much cultural. And, and part of this is, and it's also, you know, time specific as well. Like, I mean, one thing I was, I was chatting to this older guy because, you know, there's a whole thing about um, baby, it's cold outside. This, this is an old discourse. It's like 2014. Uh, oh, Before my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like, you know, this is back in 2014. Like this was a huge yeah. thing about like, very, very, rapey overtones to that song which in the modern context i would agree yes but in the context of the time you know because it was like at period of time like a culturally different time it wasn't read so much there was less I, i think over time um like back in the day um there was just it was less appreciable for women to to just be like yeah let's 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 pound this one out let's like blow up my back wall like no it was it just like you would be culturally very much uh judged for saying something like that so you had to do this very weird song and dance of like look the reality is like if you were not planning on sleeping with a guy you would not have even gone over to his house right the Mm -hmm. the the cultural landscape was such that like that just would not happen like you, it would not even occur. Like it would be so 
it, it was there was so much expectation in going over alone and spending time alone with a guy in a private setting like that that you kind of would have to like the fact that you're even there is is such a big deal. And then especially, the way you especially when you just met the guy like an hour ago. Yeah, where it's like you had to go through this like weird and, and this is what the guy was saying, he's like, really, there was a weird game that you were expected to play of like you had to like protest but not really. Cause like again, like yep. it's diff because like it's like, oh I should really get going. And it's like, oh it's not that late. Come on. As opposed to like you would just get up and leave, right? Like it, it was the expectation was very different. I'm not saying that like that's we should go back to that. And I'm sure that there were definitely a lot of wrong wires crossed there and, and a lot of definitely I, I would say at that time, like almost certainly there were boundaries that were crossed that were unacceptable, but it was much more socially acceptable and much more understood at a cultural level that that was a way of courting someone as opposed to now where it, it, because the culture has shifted so much and because society has shifted so much and how we think of these things, it, it comes off as just extremely rude, right. Um, and so I would say, yeah, like the way, one of the, the things I would argue um, is that we don't really have this sort of underlying unspoken culture in the U S as much, just because there are so many different uh, distinct cultures that exist within, within the country. I'm not saying that like, like the U.S. has no culture, but in the way that you would be able to handle these sort or navigate these sorts of things, um, just purely contextually, right? Uh, like I know in, in languages and in like kind of cultural study, it's referred to like a high context versus a low context society. So like Japan is very high context, right? There's lots of different things that you would know just about somebody based off of these pre-existing cultural norms and how they present themselves through that lens. But in the U.S., that doesn't really exist, right? There isn't as much of that sort of strong cultural dynamic. So, yeah, like if you, the way that you present yourself, like, you know, between somebody that's more, like even the, the racial culture, like racialized cultures in the U.S., like, or college culture, right? Like I would argue that, you know, we, we joke about like nurses being psychos, but like, yeah, that is... No, but like that is a different culture of white women, right? Um, that that's kind of yeah. where they express themselves mostly, and, and where and, and so for them and for like that milieu of white women, like from places where I'm from, like Spokane, where it's you know maybe they're they're economically middle class, but culturally they're not tied into this kind of like kind of college educated, socially conscious, you know, urban or suburban milieu they're they're going to approach consent and the way that you do that very differently from like a girl from say like boston right or or a girl from uh los angeles would produce would you know approach these even though like economically they probably live a very similar lifestyle um the culture is very different so i would say that absolutely that is is a cultural context but i i would also add and i think one outlying point about this is that, uh, you know, to bring it back to that, to the point we started with the essay, right? With the essay and, and with this idea, it, it's becoming harder and harder because there, I would say there is a little bit of cultural understanding. I think that Michael definitely touched on it. Q touched on it, rather touched on it. Rika, all of our speakers have kind of touched on the fact that like, yes, co like consent is not purely 
this very rote like contract that you write out where you sign off and like agree to this list of things. Like, no, it's, there is definitely a lot of unspoken elements to that, that we all kind of recognize. The problem is that because so much of the understanding and the, and the discussion around this comes in online where it's, it's much more, it, it's this attempt to, to draw things as broadly as possible and to tie things very specifically to people's oftentimes very biased and very personally motivated recollections and accounts of relationships, it becomes almost impossible for, for especially men as being the ones who are, I think, inarguably the ones considered most, uh, most the, the, the sort of um, the weight of, of coming and, and understanding like consent and, and receiving consent and, and seeking out. Yeah, because we're the, we're the ones that have to initiate. Exactly. We're the ones that have to initiate. And because I would, like I was saying with uh, Mantra back, or no, um, Amrita uh, back at the beginning, where like there's only one dynamic in, in relationships. It's the gender dynamic, right? You know, you are eternally being, because there is this unspoken sort of power dynamic that, that underlines any cisgender relationship between a man and a woman, you are very, it is purely, the onus is solely on the men, right? And, and so the point I'm, I'm getting at is that the way that we discuss this, right, is becoming, it's so difficult for, I think, men to recognize and to navigate that on their own. It's like, like even if this girl agrees to come over to my house at 2 a.m., right? Even if she agrees to come over and like, like, it's still like, I, I have to like, still be on guard. It's like, oh, is she feeling pressured into it? Is she feeling safe in my house? And and to a certain extent, it's like that's that's completely un uh like it's it's unfertile ground for any kind of of sort of relationship or any kind of discussion or or romance between men and women in that or or just even like sexual physicality. Like there's it's completely anathema to that is the way I would put it, right? It's it absolutely kills the mood because you, there's just so much pressure on you to like try to figure out like, oh, is your partner like, does she feel safe? Does she feel this? Does she feel that? Oh, like, what should I do? Am I like too imposing? Am I not too imposing? And it's, I think a lot of women in reality are like, no, like, I, I think that if you go over to someone's house, at the very least, there is a, an implicit understanding that you feel safe enough in their house, right? You know, it, it, like at the very least, you feel comfortable enough to deny if we're if like we're going to have sex, like at the very least, you feel safe enough that you could can say no. Right. And reject me. Like, you know, and I, I say this all the time. And we, we talked about this cue a couple of weeks ago where it's like, you know, oh, well, women, when they go on dates, like they're putting their life on the line. Right. Oh, it's like. No, I, I, but it is. Yeah. It's like, it's, no, 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 no. No, I know, no. I know. I, I agree with you 100%. I categorically reject that. No, it is. And I think that that's true where it's like you're putting your life on the line for like the Chili's Grand Slam. TGI Fridays. Yeah, you're getting like, look, baby back ribs, they're solid, but like. These like, jalapeno poppers nearly cost me my life. Like, look, look I'm going to be honest. I've been on like, dates with a lot of women, and I can tell you for a fact, they are not eating like it's their last meal. I can tell you that. What? <laughs> 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 Listen. <laughs> and, and, okay. 
where it's it's like, but at the same time, online that's how they ta- a lot of women talk about that. It's like why where go out? Like, why go out on dates then if you if your life's on the line? Yeah, why go out? Or it's like right. every time I step outside, I feel like you know it's like Fallujah. It's like then buy a gun. Like why? Like why isn't yeah. every woman in this country just packing like backup pistols? <laughs> like you know. Like, you know, they got the ankle holster, like, you know, the backup gun, their main gun. They got the, the like, the, the purse gun. Like, why isn't every woman doing that? It's like, because I think deep down, that's not how you actually approach society, right? That's not how you actually feel about things. Because if that was how you felt about things, you would be going out in, like, armed convoys. It's, it's ludicrous to me that that is the is the, the sort of stakes that we put into a conversation, for example, about who should pay the bill at, uh, like, when we go to dinner at Dave and Buster's. Like, it, it's completely mental that that's how it's discussed. But I, I think that there's so little... Wait, 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 wait. This, but there's... You take your dates to Dave and Buster's? Don't answer that question. I think, I think we're actually, that's a, that's a good place. We're going to go out on a high note. So uh-huh. yeah, listen, I just want to, I just want to thank all of the callers this evening. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for, uh, for uh, coming through. I want to thank uh, Michael. Thank you for making the time. I know that you got like, you got work to do and you got your family and whatnot to do it. So thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. I appreciate it. Rika, you guys having you me on. Always. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rika, always a pleasure to uh, get your perspective on the feminine mystique. And <laughs> listen to, it's always a pleasure right. to hang with you, fellas. Thank you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too, Rika. All right, so. Nice yeah. meeting you, Michael. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's convene this one. We'll